Visit Arcade Club, Europe's largest classic arcade, with over 200 video and pinball machines. There's classic consoles and computers. There is also PS4s, Xbox Ones, Wii U, PC, and Oculus Rift, and regular tournaments and competitions. All machines are set to free play. Open Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Check out arcadeclub.co.uk for more details. Tenpence Arcade are proud members of the Throwback Network and the Retro Junkies Network. Hello and welcome to the Tenpence Arcade Podcast, and I'm Victor Marland. I am the Lord of Misrule! Hi, I'm Sean Holly, and I'm my normal thing. What's the Lord of Misrule, Victor? It's um, one of those lush bath uh, washy things I have. It's called the Lord of Misrule! <laughs> it's a bath thing? Yeah, it's a... a sponge? A, a, no, it's a, a sponge. No, it's a shower gel type stuff. It's like a sort of velvety, stinky, nice thing. And it makes me into the Lord of Misrule. I will not be ruled. I'm the Lord of Misrule. <laughs> Very nice. Enough of that. Yes. This is the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast, and we have been up to tons of things. Tons. Tons of stuff. So let's get on with it. First simple things I've been doing. Oh, it's probably two weeks ago now. I actually pulled my finger out, and I made some cardboard bezels for my centipede cabaret, because the, the blue bezel in that, I think, goes around a screen to hide the sort of ugly bits behind the, the cab. Uh, that was a bit broken down and sort of all sort of knackered. So I made one of those. I also made one for Dig Dug out of black cardboard. The, the cabaret centipede one is blue, and this is a black one. I made identical. just copied the old ones. So they're pretty cool. They both fit nicely as well. I'm really pleased with how they went, because the first one I did, I messed up, because the blue mm. cardboard is white-backed. And what I did is I did it, the, I did it from reverse. I did it around the wrong way. So when I did the, the bends in it, you've got to sort of score the bends for the cardboard. I did yeah. it around the wrong way. And it was white instead of blue. Also visited Phil Murray, uh, not last weekend, the weekend before, with biscuits under my arm, obviously, as I always take mm. biscuits to Phil's, uh, and picked up a Phoenix high score kit. Because he has developed a high score kit, and he's also developed, um, he's changed the program ROMs very slightly. Um, there wasn't a lot of room in there, apparently, but he's actually reprogrammed it to fix the bug, which we'll be talking about in two weeks' time. Yes, we will. Uh, so there's that. Um, I tried out chocolate malted milks. Yeah. I don't normally like chocolate malt, uh, normal malted milks. These ones have got chalky on the top of them. They're quite nice. Much better than the crappy old plain ones that you and wife seem to think to like. Very nice. Very nice. I also watched the Tetris film, Ecstasy of Order, the Tetris Masters. I've given that to you on a stick that Peter uh, Cayman Sweden kindly gave us. There it, it is. is. Everyone see that, everyone? Yeah. Uh, it's a really good film. I'm, I can't wait for you to see it. It's really, really good. One good thing about that film, we'll probably have a quick talk about it when you've seen it as well. One thing I really liked about it is all the characters in it, who are obviously real people who are good at Tetris, are all really nice. There's no there's no sort of fake villains or any you know, douchery going on or whatever. Is that a word, yeah. douchery? So it's really yeah, quite nice. So. It's quite a good, feel-good film. I really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. It's cool. Excellent. Guess what I've been doing? What, what else what have you been doing? I've finally spat my dummy out of Windows 10, I'm afraid. When you spat the dummy out, did it go... For our overseas listeners, a dummy is a slang word for a baby's pacifier. Yes, sorry, Windows fans. I've gone full Linux on my main laptop for the first time since 2010, when I had it before. 
I've used it since, but never, never exclusively. I'm using a distribution kit called Lubuntu, which is lightweight Ubuntu. In your face, Windows. It's got everything I need on it. No bloatware, no system hogging routines, no 100% mis- RAM usage when you start it. What's going on? Oh, disk usage, sorry. You don't want your RAMs being used up, do you? And it's fast. It's fast as a, as a bullet that has been fired by a proper good gun. It's certainly faster than your delivery. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can see you on Skype, and it's working, so I'm happy about that. Mm. Cool. Got Skype working, graphics programs, got MAME and a joystick working. Oh, nice. Yeah, so That's probably a lot further really... than I can get with Linux, to be honest with you. Is this yeah. a Linux with um, a GUI? It's not the type-in one, is it? It's a proper, looks a bit like Windows or OS X or whatever. Yeah, it looks. I'd say it looks like Windows Seven, really. Oh, cool! Windows Seven's yeah. okay. I think Windows Seven's pretty good. That's the one I'd have if I had to be pushed onto Windows PC. You can put lots of skins on Linux. I think this one is called LXDE. I think that's a nice snappy title. Yeah, and there's KDE LXDE. as well. Some at desktop. Okay. Linux desktop experiment. Uh-huh. Good. Maybe maybe not. Guess where else, Vic? Guess. Guess where I've been? Guess. Well, I know where we've yeah. both been. Where have you been on your own? Went to the Batcave monthly meet. It was brilliant. The competition game was one I suggested, Cell Damage, from the days playing the PS2 and GameCube. We're like all that. Ooh. Tell me it, what, I think you did tell me about Cell Damage. I've forgotten. It's cell-shaded graphics, isn't it? It's kind of like Deathmatch game in cars. Oh, okay. Cartoon-style graphics. I think it was on the Dreamcast as well. Or am I thinking yeah. of something else? I think Lewis had it on PS4, so it's obviously been re-released. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool. And Lewis had a bus cab there. He's bought, he's bought four cabs. He has four he's cabs got now. four now. I yeah. think that's our influence on the poor lad. Mm. Sorry, Lewis. And he's playing Pie to Jammer games on this one, and they are, they're very, very good, the Pie to Jammer thing. Lagless. Yep, I've been talking to a few people at the next part we're going to talk about, mm. uh, about Pie to Jammer and Jammer to Pie and Pie to My Belly and all those kind of things. And it's getting really good now. The thing I really want to have to do with pies and with the arcade side of it is I want a small... Well, we all know, we all know that the Pi computer is very small. But I want a Pi computer that's attached to a jammer edge connector that I can pop into a cab, put the edge connector in, and it'll work. And then when I'm finished with it, I can take it out, pop it in another cab, go around your house, go down my mate's house who's got another jammer cab, go to a show with jammer cabs and pop it in. That's what I want to do. When you've got a full desktop PC sat on a or inside a machine you can't exactly pull it out quickly and you've got different things to you know connect to like a j-pack and all this yeah. sort of guff i just want it to go in a jammer cab and then it's easy and i can just move mm. it around and maybe buy another one or whatever and it's it's almost there now i think that the pricing's getting good the software's really good the front ends are really good for it and oh yeah it's getting it's really getting there i'm, I'm really close to biting the bullet and getting some of that stuff sorted for my machines Nice. It's getting good. Also worth mentioning at the Batcave was the Oliver Twins game that they kickstarted a while back, and it's called Dream World Pogi. And it's an old game that never got released. Apparently they did a lot of old games because they were very prolific, and some like publishers didn't pick them up. Okay. So I played it. It's, it's good. It's I'd say it's like a Super Mario Brothers type of game, you know, left to right, yeah. similar style graphics. Oh, cool. It's nothing to do with that stupid egg game I don't like, is it? Dizzy. No, nothing oh. to do with Dizzy. Well, that, that, that was the guys who made Dizzy, though, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Because there was two... Was there two lots of brothers to do with Codemasters that they did a lot of games for? It was the Oliver Twins and two other guys, wasn't it? Who were brothers? Yeah, I think the other two owned it, didn't they? Were ah. they called uh, Dave and Richard Code? Yes, that's the ones. Code and they masters. were the Masters of Code. David and Richard Darling are the founders of Codemasters. Yeah, I, was, I, I got I, confused oh, a bit. I used to like Codemasters games. They were sort of like an alternative to the Massatronic 199 jobs. They were always like 199, 299, weren't they? Yeah, well, they're still going today, aren't they? They, they work with Sega doing like stuff Oh, now. wow, really? Doing, remember, yeah. There was a really good game on a Spectrum called Ghost Hunter I really liked. I completed mm. that. It was a brilliant little game, yeah. And they did all the simulators, like the ATV simulator and skateboard simulator and penny farthing simulator and Segway mm. simulator. Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, the big thing we've been doing both together is last weekend we met Saturday morning and we mm. were at the Revival Retro Event in Warsaw. In yes, the we were. It was fantastic. We've actually got a 20-minute slur-around, shall we call it, or walk-around. Yeah, around. well, before we get to the slur-around, I got there Saturday morning. I got there quite early before it actually opened, because I, t- I took Sky Cursor with me mm. um, in, in its lovely little box of tricks, and I had to set it up in a in a um, candy cab. So thanks to Mike Lees for lending us his candy cab to put it in his Astro City. We put it in there, got it going and everything, and... Um, I brought my little frogger as well, and I put that on Chris Parsons' table with all the Vectrex stuff. And um, I sort of wonder. I, I, I sort of got there and thought, right, I'll get there early. I'll get it all set up. It won't take too long to set up. Just putting a jammer cab in, you know, getting the voltages right and everything, getting the sound right. And I thought I'll have a quick look round before everyone else comes in. No chance. I was chatting to people straight away as people come up to me saying hello. Then you yeah. turned up, and before we knew it, we were engulfed in nerds. There were nerds as far as I could see, wasn't there? Mm. Great, love a, love a good nerd. I love a good nerd, but it was it was really crowded. It was busier than last year, which is just saying how brilliant it is. It's really really good. Mm. Uh, we had a right laugh in the daytime. I was playing. I hardly played any games. I was playing Sky Cursor more than anything, and mainly just you walk around, you t- see someone, you talk to them. They give you biscuits, obviously, because everyone gives us biscuits. We had, how many do you have in the end? Was it ten packets? Ten packets. <laughs> ten of packets of biscuits. That's fantastic. Think, I think uh, dear old Bobby Bobby Hazel has got us some beer as well, which is lovely. I haven't had any of that yet. Um, so we did that in the daytime, and I, I I don't think I played more than about three games of anything. Mm. I bought one or two things, nothing much really, but you know it's always nice to buy one little thing for yourself and you're sort of nipping around. And yeah, it was just really really busy. I mean, at one point you could hardly move; you got to get to the cabs. It was so busy. And then in the evening, we went out for a curry. We got back to the hotel for a bit and went out for a curry. Um, best intentions we were going to do some podcasting, but we didn't even get a chance to do that. We're too busy. Yeah. Uh, quickly add a dry wash, in other words, put some deodorant on, mm. <laughs> and went out for the, for the for the curry, which was considerably better than last year, wasn't it? It was a nice nice curry, actually. It was all right, yeah. So it was nice sitting there. And we were with Mike from... Retro Gaming Roundup. Retro Gaming Roundup. There's your, there's your shout-out, Mike. Retro Gaming Roundup. Everyone listen to it. I am listening to it. The one I've downloaded, the most recent one, is five and a half hours. Oh, my Lord. So I'm about an hour and a half into it. But they cover everything, don't they? They cover modern games yeah. as well as old stuff and arcade and everything else. I haven't got to any modern games yet. Wow. That oh, is... no, they did the new Wonder Boy Dragon's Trap remake thing. That looks a really nice game, doesn't it? Mm. Cool. Nice one. Yeah, so we sort of had uh, talking to him and... Oh, everyone. Everyone. Everyone was there. How many of us was there? In the actual curry house, it must have been forty. Um, let me have a check. There wasn't many who weren't part of our group in there, really. Yeah, forty-one. Well, 
Did you just remember that? Well done. No, no, I just tried to sound. So that was clever. fun. Um, men, many beverages of the alcoholic variety were taken. Yes. And then we went next door or across the road to that sort of slightly dodgy pub, if you ask me. <laughs> it's full of um, scary old ladies, basically, doing karaoke. And we went there last year, didn't we? We sort of nipped mm. away from the group and walked back, because it's not far. And we went in there for a quick, a swift half before we uh, went back. And uh, this time, many alcoholic drinks were taken. We had a right laugh, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, Benny, Benny Aitman Williams was there. Dancing uh, like a nut as we were, weren't we? Oh, there's loads of us there. It was really good. And, and then others, others of us came later on as well, just dancing yeah. around, just basically messing about like idiots. Yeah, so it's really good. That that famous phrase where it says, dance, dance like no one is watching, love like you've never been loved, and smile like a, a grinning nutter. No, it's something like that. But we were doing one of them. Yeah, but we were dancing and everyone was watching us. That's the problem. I hope nobody got any video footage. Because mm. we'll just have to go into hiding if that's the case. Yes. Good idea. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think we got back to the hotel and one of us couldn't keep up the pace. No. Could they? Could they, Sean? I'm a lightweight. I tell you what, in my Well, no, you I... had quite a few drinks. I'd had, yeah, San Miguel... What was the other drink? A kingfisher, I think, and a cobra, her and something else. Something to do with Blue Moon. Blue Moon. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, this I IPA. Had a Blue Moon. It was, it was really, nice. I like it? IPA now. And was it that was an like, IPA? Yeah. Oh, I didn't I, think it was because I had a bit of that and I thought it was quite nice. I don't normally like IPA. It's too soapy for me. It was a cloudy kind of. It's probably nine percent. That was. Oh, God cripes, cripes on a on a building. That's quite a lot. I don't know, it's probably six, I bet. So. That's still quite strong for a beer, isn't it? Yeah, about I'm, four I'm not so. used to that anymore, so I had to go to bed. <laughs> we had to go to bed. We got, and I went for one more drink in a hotel, because there's a bunch more of us at the hotel still drinking. And then I went to bed, and then the next day I felt... washing. Mati- I had a washing machine tummy going on. Mm. No headache, a little bit, little bit dry, a little bit um, dehydrated. Washing machine tummy all day. Because I remember one point in the, in the pub we were at, I thought to myself, my tummy was feeling a bit, ooh, sort of windy and gassy. I thought, all right, I'm not having any more beer. And I sort of left it for 10 minutes. I went, I'll just have another one. Just have another <laughs> yeah. one. That was not wise. And then we had sort of breakfast and everything. We sort of sauntered over there. We had to go through that silly market. There was a big market going on. I had to sort of wander away through this maze of junk they were selling at the market. And we got back then. I, I couldn't really stand up for very long without needing to sit down. Because mm. I felt, yeah. <laughs> and then we did, a, we did a walk round or a slur round. I had to sort of yes. get up some some gumption and sort of give it a walk round. I was trying to put it off. He said, come on, we've got to do it. I said, okay, okay. So we'll slide that in right about here. Hi, kids. She, she was a dancing queen. I was Ye- a dancing queen last young night. Young and free, only 17. I, was, right, I wasn't only 17, but I was mm. dancing last you were night. Dancing like an idiot. Flash dance. Why well, not? It had to be done. That was funny. Anyway, kids, we're in the Revival, the Rivals event at Warsaw Football Stadium, which is called Banksy Stadium or Bescott Stadium. Biscuit Stadium. Biscuit Stadium. That's what we need. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Get a spray can. Quick spray it out, quick, with a spray can. And we're in the canteen area that sells it's food. It's area. It yes. does sell food, that's weird. Well, last year this had a load of pinballs in it. It was incredibly loud, so yeah. Craig has thankfully removed them to another room. And I played one earlier, and I was rubbish at it. But yeah, this is the canteen area. Yes. They've got a few uh, sort of slightly more modern machines. There's a GameCube there, PS4. Donkey Konga is that? That's Donkey Konga. Donkey Konga. 
and it's some sort of rhythm game playing. I don't know what it is, but it looks a bit like Groove Coaster. Yeah. Very Japanese anime. That's a PS4, isn't it? Yes, PS4. Yeah, yeah. And next up, you got a good old PlayStation One, PS One. A couple of little bar tops with Maymin, I would bar imagine. Top. Quite a cute little thing that, like Craig Maze. Then a dance mat. Do you want to go on that? No, no. We danced enough last night. We some, did. Some dudes in the dudes are playing the Guitar Hero there on the PS2. Yeah. That police song. I like that police song. Sending out an SOS, Vic. I've got no comment. <laughs> right, here we go. We, we must stop telling you, listeners. We were out for a drink last night and we're slightly... What's the word? Not poorly. Poorly. Oh, we're alright. It's just yeah. a bit vague at the minute. Trying yeah. to find some enthusiasm. I'm alright. No, you're you're uh, a bit I'm a bit, I'm a bit vague. Uh, I'm never alright, really. There's a Craig's favourites. Killer Instinct. Killer Instinct. One's off for some reason. And there's Mini there. Oh, Ness Mini. I got one of them earlier. I'm really pleased about that. Got yeah. Mini off of... Uh, Rich chunks in, thank you very much. They're smaller than I thought. They're teeny weeny, aren't they? They're mm. so cute. That would fit in your pocket, Victor. I'm surprised I'm not pinched it, actually. Yeah. Just chain it down. There's a, uh, a Pokemon-themed N64 playing... It's not playing Pokemon, it's playing Banjo-Tooie, is it? Something like that. One of them. Banjo-Kazooie. I've got that game home, actually. I love them N64 cartridges. I think they're some of the best-looking cartridges. Very attractive. Rounded. Oof! Rounded. <laughs> Killer Instinct 2? Yep, there's a new game here that looks rather like, you can hear it in the background. Iridium. Iridium. I've sort of got like, it's a modern just, game, isn't it? There's Rob Hewson, son of Andrew Hewson, and he's oh, promoting his game. I see, that's he's why. Promoting Hyper Sentinel. Oh, that's what it's called. It looks yeah. really good, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm about to what, download that. What is really it. cool is them little tapes. A little USB stick in the form of a that's cassette really tape. Clever. I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really good. You can hear it. It sounds awesome, doesn't it? Very Commodore 64-ish. Yeah. And behind him is Mr. John Studley going for another perfect Pac-Man. He's it's up to 383,000. I don't know if he's looped that already. I don't he's know. got a lot of keys on the screen, but that's as many as you get, isn't he's it? He's crossing the desert, Vic. He is. Yeah. He's got another key. Well done, John. John's doing really well, as usual. I hope he does it. He's looking chilled. He always looks chilled. He's such a smooth dude. Like a glass he? of iced water. He is so smooth. Yes, there's the bar, which I'd love a pint, but I can't some driving. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. And there's some traders trading stuff. Loads of traders. I bought yesterday a 7800 cartridge. Yeah. Ms. Pac-Man, which I didn't have. I was only eight quid, bargain. That's not bad. And I bought a Wonderswan cartridge. Puyo Puyo. Oh, First time I've ever seen days. a Wonderswan cartridge. They're Lovely. good, they're good. Lovely little machine. Not as good, good as N64. Not as good, I'm afraid. Nothing like it. Portable, little, little, little. Yeah. Anyway, someone playing Crazy Taxi. That version to me looks faster than the arcade. I don't know if it is, or it's just my head. Uh, the Dreamcast version is a bit different. I think it's got extra modes. Right. It's the home version, but I love this. is such a cool game. But why didn't they ever play it? Have it to play on the Dreamcast on the steering wheel. You can't play it with the steering wheel. Can you not? No, uh, it's ridiculous. Perfect for that. Absolutely perfect. That's ridiculous. What's up there? There's a funny little Famicom twin there playing. Game Boy games in the cartridge. There's that football-shaped monitor that we saw last year. Yes, I like that. Super Game Shame Boy. Shame you can't rotate it. That'd be brilliant to rotate. Is that a SNES clone, Super Players? Yes, it's a SNES clone playing a Game Boy game in a Super Game Boy cartridge. Wow. There's that a high, high score Tetris there. I wonder if Ross 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 has put a score on. I used to be really good at um, Game Boy Tetris years ago. I could get over 200 lines. I think I could get, yeah, about the same, I think. I was pretty good. Then it went nutty, then. It's crazy stuff. And you can get, I could go to about 211, so they're just, like, dropping really quick. There's loads of computers here. We have a bank of computers. What is that weird-looking thing there? That's a, is it a CDI? It must be. No, it's not, is it? It's MSX. Oh, oh yeah. Little three-and-a-half-inch discs. There's a proper MSX. That's the ones I remember. 
the grey yeah. ones with the funny coloured keyboards. I had no friends that had them. In fact, I had, I had no I had, friends. I had one lad. We were in my school, have one of those. It's quite a good little thing. I played it a couple times. Plus four. Commodore Plus I four. I keyboards on them. I like those. Yeah. Acorn Electron. Acorn Electron. And the BBC with a pretty rubbish screen on that one, unfortunately. <laughs> playing Chucky Egg. Brilliant game. And a 65X Atari playing pole position. Pole position. Really good version of that. Paradroid on a C64. I finished oh, that Oh, look game. at that green screen on that Amstel. I love those green screens. I loved I really Paradroid. Like that was a... It's just great going around the ship and shooting stuff. I really, really like good. those green screens. Yeah. Yeah, I really like them. There's something about them. And yeah. the amber ones, uh, you know, the, the black and white ones with different colours. Look at that attic attack on the little portable, was that 10 inch, 8 inch? Little 10 inch screen. So bright, isn't it? Yeah. What, why did the LCD have to come along? It ruined our seat. I do like it. I do like it. I hate LCD. Rubbish. Let's have a look round. Out of the window, we can see football players playing football they're with tiny, a football. Aren't they? Or they're yeah. just far away. I think they're far away, but might be babies playing. No, no, no I mean, going closer. That one's a bold baby. Actually, babies are bold. Forget that. It's a mixing desk. Roger, Roger and Smarty Martin. Roger, do you have any comments to mention on the podcast, lads? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's great fun. Having a fantastic time, knackered. It's been a long weekend, but we're. How many cabs did you guys bring together? About 11, I think. One of the cabs. Yeah, yeah. And Rog, Rog's got the van and brought it up, I take it. Nice one, sir. Well done. Got the ice cold beer in there and fire truck. Oh, nice cold beer! Mm, no, no, not now. No. Charlie Farr doing his best to loop the old. Yeah, everyone's uh, ice watching. Cold beer again. Everyone's watching David over there. Sorry, once. Yeah, Charlie yeah. Farr has looped ice cold beer. Yeah, the, ma- the mechanical lifty thing. Is that what it's called? Vicar lifty thing. Definitely lifty thing. Yeah, that's so talented, isn't he? Great game. We were talking to Jim earlier, the Scottish guy who develops the Vectrex games, and he's thinking about making a mechanical one. With switches and lights and stuff. He reckons he can do it on a like a an Arduino or a Pi. He's worked out how to do the pins and everything. Have a word with him if you see him. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a clever guy. Well, let's go walk around there then. Cheers, guys. See you later. Cheers. We have a, an, uh, the, uh, the Amiga Tracker game thing. Okay. What is that? <laughs> quite smart. Windows 7. Under oh, quid. it's just an emulator. Computer. Yeah, Mega Drive. Lots and lots of weird, odd computers here as well. It's yeah. A sort of Mega Drive thing there. It's a weird looking control. I don't know what the heck they are. They look a bit oh, like Dreamcast. Dreamcast. Like, weird Dreamcast Mega things. 12 one. Really nice looking Mega 12 one, but it's not been yellow. Look at the yellow one next to it. It looks like a Murray Mint. Oh, wow, yeah. Proper yellow. No, I've been here for a day and a half and I've not seen stuff. How, do you, how does I that have, work? I've played a few things. I've yeah. made the effort to try and play a few things. So I always miss out so just talking to people. But, oh, she's yeah. got on the spikes. I want to do that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Nice version of Gallagher, isn't it? It's lovely. It is, yeah. yeah. I need to play my Amiga more. I probably will uh, sell it off, actually, just use emulation. That's a proper tricked out BBC Master. Look at the bits in it. Those are weird and wonderful things. Well, that's got Alex's favourite game on there. It's the one that looks a little bit like a leap with the, the wireframe graphics. Oh, yeah. Oh, we've got Mr. Chris. Amiga, an ST, another Amiga. Don't walk into Mr. Chris Fantasia here. Oh, Mr. Mr. Chris Fantasia. Moon, moon Crest. Blah, blue. Yeah. Moon Crest the bootleg. Did you have a good night last night, Mr. Oh, moon I had a brilliant bootleg. night last night. Very poorly now. What, what part of the dancing did you enjoy? <laughs> None of this. <laughs> <laughs> You've just missed Charlie Farr doing his second loop of <laughs> ice cold 
little bit. Yeah. He looped it again. He didn't do a second. All right, yeah, that's silly. Mr. Charles Farr, what is your opinion of the event so far? It's brilliant. There's a it's really varied amount of cabs and uh, pinballs and collections and stuff, but I'm loving the ice cold beer today. Have you, beer. Every, have you looked everything so far? Nearly. So ice your your game of the weekend is ice cold beer. I love I'll have to have a go in a minute because you can't emulate it. Yeah, no, it's, it's not the same, is it? Yeah, there's that simulator, isn't there? But uh, yeah. no, this is fantastic. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And burger time, you got, was it 700,000 yesterday? You got three quarters of a million when yeah, I was Yeah, 700, yeah, yeah. It, the pattern Get breaking down at times, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's not very good. That to be honest, it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor, must do better. I think you'll get a million, then pack up. Is that that's what you normally do, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah. 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 Right, off, on, on right. you go. More traders. Atari ST Falcon. They're properly rare. They are. And that looks like a decent version of the Star Wars Vector game. It does look really quick, doesn't it? Yeah. Nice. That actually looks alright that. It's really good. Well the Falcons are quite um, quite quick I think. They were sort of the next generation, they never really took off after the ST. Uh, so you've got some more modern consoles. I was playing that PS4 game earlier, that Gallica Legion. Did you ever go over? I haven't, I saw you play. Twin it. stick shooter, rather like Geometry Wars. Yes, Geometry Wars, a really good little game. I might have to get it on the PS3, you can probably download it quite cheap. And there's an FM Towns Marty. Yes. Hello Marty. I have seen before, I've never played one. And we've got a, a load of arcade vintage machines, sir. Oh, okay, what have we got from the back there? Fire we've truck, the truck is on fire. What's that race game at the end? I didn't see that. Craig's Revival Cab, which is his own game in it. Ice yes. Cold Beer, Burger Time, Packland. Martin's oh. Video Pinball. What's that one? That's the Sega game. That's the one he converted from the golf game. Crackdown. 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 Ooh. Put that crackdown. There's a stage. There's a stage. With, with a retro. Loud people on it. Retro lords. The lords of a retro. They are lords retro. of all they awesome purvey. Such a great little game, that is. Old black and white game. A very unusual two-player black and white game. Roger's tiny little... Dino King next to playing Flicky, one of your favourites. Yeah, I can't play it this morning because my head hurts. Yeah, she did quite well. You got 400 and something thousand. Right? Yeah, but it's terrible for what I normally get. You get not two million, right? Three and a half. Oh, wow. This, this is a really nice machine. A barrel CRT in it though. Yeah, barrel arcade pong. Barrel arcade. Really good idea. The barrel looks awesome. Mm. We have a little intergames and tiny cabaret cab playing. Bomb Jack, lovely screen, that's one of mine. Which, which Roger got a massive score on yesterday. Like 700 and something thousand. Yeah, showing us the score, really yeah. Upright well, yeah. Naomi playing Street Fighter versus Marvel, one of those games. Yeah, one of those yeah. Crazy Marvel versus, screen on that. Marvel lovely, versus Capcom, Marvel versus Dave. Marvel versus Dave. Mr. Chunkson's on it, and his son. Yes. Waggling the joystick like a crazy thing. A Sega Blast City playing one of the Street Fighters. Is Street that Fighters three? Third oh, oh, here's Mr. Driscoll. We're doing a live podcast. Well, what have you been buying? <laughs> I'm telling your wife. What have yeah. you been buying yeah. again? Listen, wife, what he's got? Yeah, got. I gave one of those to Vip recently. Ah. It's an ASCII Super <laughs> Nintendo Advantage. That looks really good. They are really nice joysticks. So you can play arcade games. And then in so. here, I've got a deal for the two. Oh, yeah. In here, I've got Oh, I've got one of those as well. Oh, wow. They're nice sticks, they are. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And Mrs. Drisk, if you're listening, it's, they've got stickers on and it's £8. Yeah, £8. Pounds. Yeah, yeah. Honest, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. basically, you've got arcade sticks. We're converting this, man. Yeah. Yes. Good Get away from pads on oh, sticks. I've always been on a, a stick, man. No, yeah. Sounds wrong, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> sounds slightly wrong. Yeah, we'll forgive you. Yeah, I can't, go, the background. I can't go back to D-pads now. I really struggle no, with it. I struggle with it. Really struggle with it. As you know, in the background, Mr. John Budd there. 
shooter extraordinaire. Oh, oh. He's, he's playing Spiker, so he's doing actually quite well of it. Oh, 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 he's learned that bit. Got away, John. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Into that, and we've got an Egret 2 playing. What's that? One of the Dodon Alright, John. Doing a bit of podcasting. You like that Sky Curse, yeah? You like it? I'm just going on to be spinning your hands, you need a couple of shorts, you know. Yeah, you do need to learn it a bit. Yeah. So we're going to go on that way a bit. There's an MVS there with some Neo Geo. Patchy Dayuji, one of my favourites. your favourite one. I love that game. Put the board out quick, I want to see. Yeah. It's Mike Lee's board, he won't know. I see you killed Flicky as well. Killed it? Well, you did pretty well. That was nothing compared to what he's normally throwing out a million on me. I can normally, uh, yeah, I'm not playing well today for some reason. Yes, yes, there is a reason. Why. Yeah, I think there is a reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great yeah. game though, I love it. It's just a perfect little left, right, one button, and the little nuances you get. You know, it's inertia, that's why you don't like it. The little nuances you get with the character when you control it. No, no. Kiddy graphics, adult gameplay. Look, looks awesome. But I just yeah. don't like it. Went right off it when we played it for the podcast. Went right off it. So, moving on, cheers, Driss, we'll see you soon. Moving on to Konami GT. Road Fighter 2, maybe. Absolute rubbish. It looks a lot better because it's 3D. A great pedigree there. Who made that beautiful frogger there? Oh, would that be you? It might be me, yes. Yes. It's got a Raspberry Pi in it. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. What's the display? It's called a Wave Share Pair. Oh, right, okay. Have you made that up? It goes onto the GPIO pins of the Pi. Yeah. Um, there's a guy called Rich Gregory, that guy in the green over there with the boy. Oh, right, okay. He programmed all the Linux for me. He's a master at that sort of oh, stuff. Right, okay, it's really yeah. good, yeah. Yeah, it's a really crisp display. Really high resolution in this size. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's a... Uh, it might be a 640 by 480, I can't remember. Right, okay. but it's pretty good. Because it's crammed down into that small size, it looks really... It's, to believe it or not, there's loads of room inside that. Yeah. There's not a lot in there, to be honest right. with it. It's quite empty inside. Most of that's just for the... Yeah, yeah. I've got another one at home. I bought off eBay. I'm going to make it into a Turtles. You know the, the, the maze game Turtles, not the Ninja Turtles. Oh, right, okay. Superior maze game. Superior. Right then, moving on. We've got three Vectrixes. Big try. Big big blue. Vectrices. Duck Hunt. That is brilliant. That's, and it's a light gun game. It is. On the Vectrix. Really cool. I think Chris Byrie started that. And There's a version of Battlezone next to it. Is that what it is? Yes. Excellent. So that, that has badly been needed on the Vectrex for years. There's, yeah. There's a Vectrex behind you playing Scramble as well. Oh, God, I love that game. It's so it's, good it's, on the Vectrex. Yeah, it's it? a really good version, yeah. It's really good. You can bomb through the walls here. Oh, really? Yeah. It's so good. Such a good game. There's a few little, um, little game watches there. Oh, we've got a virtual, virtual boy. The lady playing it. It's not a normal boy. Virtual lady. This is a real lady playing virtual boy. Good God. Then we've got tons of little Game Boys on little stands. Congo is crazy, Midnight Resistance, Hang On, is it Hang On or... Hang On a minute. Yeah, I think hang that might on. be Super Hang On. It's Super Hang Super On. Hang On. It looks quite good actually, I never yeah. really liked that game, it does look good. It's oh, rock hard, it's oh. really... Yeah, it looks difficult. Fiendishly difficult, it Ooh. is, you can't crash or anything, ever. Fix It Felix Jr. A pilot in time, he is a time pilot. I recently got a time pilot ball. It's in my, oh, it's my, you lucky book. It's in my vertical cab with... We've got Brilliant. a jammer switch on it, thanks to you guys. So good. We've got Player's play, Choice. Player's Choice, play Choice 10 thing, isn't it? Yes, that's one of the UK ones, it's a funny looking cab. Yeah. It's very similar to that cab that mine made the, um, that game over there. Not what it's called now, they converted from the golf game. Very similar cab, oh. it's made in the UK, I think. A Challenger 2 cab playing Final Fight, I think. The last fight. 
Uh-oh. Simpsons 4 player. Rubbish. You'll love it. Some, some traders trading things. Rog doing some dodgy Rog. deals there and behind there. Dodgy Rog. As a stage, is that the same stage that was over there? It, was. it is the same it's stage. It's not moved. No. Initial D3. Oh, Wonder, I was Wonder Boy in a dedicated little Sega Dino King. How come I haven't seen that? You've not played it yet? No. That's one of um, Flinsters, I think. I made the. Is that one of the panels? No, it's not one of the panels I made, but similar. It's really nice. Right, we're in the second half of the building now, kids. Yep. Did you say initial D there? Yeah, initial D3. And there's another Dino King. That is one of my panels, I know. That's wow. playing. Ghosts and Goblins? No. no. That's not Ghosts and Goblins. I don't know. Oh my god, is we've got some kind of. Oh, I've only seen these ones. Oh, it's a quiz game. Oh. Okay. With an RPG kind of aesthetic. Weird. It might be Quiz and Dragons. Quiz and Dragons? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Mutant Turtles. Ah, oh, brilliant game. If you're. About 30, it's a brilliant game. Yeah. A uni game, uh, Xenon. A huge Electric Point Xenon. With a multi. Ooh, bit Multiple. of gyrus. Ooh, great rating. Street Fighter 2 Hyper Anniversary Fighter 2 limited edition thing. Robot Ron. Is that a Lord's Vale? No, it's a little weird really? Lord's Vale, but yeah. it's, um, I think it's on Neo Geo, isn't it? Oh, there's Robot Ron. That's yeah. got a puzzle model. Fine game. Fine game. It's alright. It's not brilliant for me. Robot Ron. Silver Line 26 cab. Turned off for some reason. What game did that have in it? I dropped one of them once. Oh, you don't want to do that. Uh, oh, no. And behind us, out the, ba out the back of the we arcade. can't go around all of these. There's tons of consoles here. Yeah. Just what I can see. There's an Intellivision. There's an old Ingersoll there, old Pong game. Atari 2600s, or 2600s, our friend Chris calls them. VCS, mate. VCS. Video computer system. Atari. Yeah. We used to call them with kids. Loads of the modern, the normal sort of old consoles, like snares and More nets. traders trading things. Loads of traders. Someone selling Spectrum. Should we have a there. quick look at the pinball? There's a, there's a dedicated room for pinballs now. I had a few now. goes of... Um, Frankenstein pinball. I did very, very poorly at it. I had to go Tron Legacy and I did very poorly. Tron? I used to be good at pinballs. I'm terrible now. Yeah, yeah. I was off one the other night at uh, World Cup 94, one of my favourites, but apparently it's a bit overpriced, so I'm going to leave it. I would like one. Even wife wants me to get one as well. That's good. I know. Young to a winner there. My wife. <laughs> oh, the pinballs are quite noisy, everyone, so watch out. Here we watch go. it, kids. ACDC. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, Game of Thrones, sir. Game of Thrones. Oh, Adam's, Adam's family, family oh. favourite. Johnny, Johnny, Germany, Menemik, Family Guy. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Springs. Bye. I've never seen that one before, Frankenstein. That's the one I was playing. Uh, it's not brilliant. What would I know, though? Theatre of Magic. That's a well-known one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Tron, Tron, There's another Charlie Farr. Oh, what? Where did he come from? This is a pinball player. There's two Charlie Farrs, or just one Charlie Farr that's moved. I'm throwing these balls in. Balls on tables, things. Balls on tables. Jumpy balls? No! <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. That's Rogers. Is it? He bought it just because it's Mario thing. It's actually quite oh. a nice little game. It's really lovely colourful, and it's actually been LED modded already. I remember Alex talking about it, saying how good it was uh, one year. Yeah, it's a pretty nice little game. It looks great. Yeah, it's colourful. Very right? green. Yes. It's lucky enough he got it modded with the colour LEDs already, so it's brilliant. Oh. That's about it, I think. Yeah, it's a great event. This, it's bigger than last time. And yesterday, it's the same event, but yesterday it was really, really people. busy, weren't it? Yeah. I do believe Craig's gonna have to get a new event. Gonna have to get a bigger one next year. Yeah. I think it's gonna be bigger. Yeah. 
Do there's a really big well. field out there. You could sort of put some. Just lob us all in there, yeah. Put Let's some stuff on there. But then footballers playing football. Just get him out of the way. That are far away. Fools. How dare they? Yeah. Well, that's it, kids. That's about it. We're having a great time and we shall catch you soon. Goodbye. Bye. So, as you can hear from the, uh, the walk around we did, there was tons and tons and tons of stuff going on. The pinballs were moved from the, the refreshments area, which was really, really loud last year, into a little area of their own, which was really good, because they were quite loud, the pinballs. I only yeah. got to go on one pinball, which was, I think, Frankenstein, because they were busy all the time. It was so busy. Yeah. Always on Sunday. Pinballs, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I think, it, I think it's because um, they're expensive nowadays, and people can't... They might have one or two, if they're lucky. But, you know, yeah. when there's ten in front of you, you can play ten for free. What are you going to do? You're going to play them. I did try... Mm. But uh, couldn't really get to it. So, what was your your highlight of the weekend? Do you think? Oh, games wise, yeah, I didn't really play too much to be honest with you, no. which was a real shame because uh, we just did lots of yapping and just mucking about and talking to people. I like meeting new people who I've spoken to online. Maybe they've talked to us on on the podcast. They've given us some feedback, or they've sent us some scores, or they've done us a favour. There was loads yeah. of people there I, I met for the first time, and everyone was. Everyone was really upbeat, really mm. happy to be there, enjoying themselves. There was there was no moaning about anything, as far as I remember, and it was just really, really nice. Really, that, really cool yeah. vibes, wasn't it? That was it. That that was the love you got from people when they just come up to you and say how much they enjoyed the podcast, and we chatted oh, yeah, to the podcast. Really humbling. It's lovely. Thank you, everyone who came up and to us. Such, it was it was such a nice environment as well. That's, yes, it's a good vibe that place. I think the venue is really good. Yeah. To address the fact that it was really packed in there and it was busier than last year, didn't you say they've got another three rooms downstairs? They're going to be getting for next year. They're thinking of getting. Yeah, there's like a, the we were in the thin end of the football stadium. You know, like the the, right. the thin end. I don't know what you call it behind the goal. Okay. And then there's I know about end. as much about football as you do. And there's a long end. A long end. Where you, you can look left and right like a tennis match. Foot, football fans are going to slaughter them. Anyway, anyway down, that, down that end, there's like three large rooms. And they're thinking of trying to get all of those rooms. Oh, wow. So it will be double the size next year. My Lord, that would be brilliant. Well, I'm sure we'll get Craig on again before long to talk about it. Yeah. But, um, massive shout-outs to Craig and all the team who organised it for us. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, it's, it was fantastic. Yeah, really good. I really like that one. And it's only like two hours away from me, two hours away from you. So sort mm. of pretty central for both of us, really, isn't it? Yeah. So that was really cool. We're going to have to start promoting and talking about NERG before long. Yeah, so that's coming up. East Retro Gaming Event, which is in... Is it Newcastle or Sunderland? Newcastle, isn't it? Gateshead. Gateshead, man. Gateshead. What are you talking about? It's Gateshead. <laughs> I get in trouble from taxi drivers for doing my accents. Remember, done so nothing like us, pal. Shut up, Pat. <laughs> so that's what we've been doing. Uh, uh, really, yeah. Well, so what was your game of the event then? Because I didn't play many, to be honest with you. No, did I? I would say Sky Cursor. Of course, yeah. Because we played. I played quite a bit of Sky Cursor. I was showing people a little bit of the mechanics of the game because at first it's not obvious. And because no. it was so loud in there, you couldn't hear the instructions. Because it does tell you as you're playing it what to do. You know, switch weapons, you know, get the super up, get the, the the multiples and all that sort of stuff. But when it's all loud in there, everyone's talking and playing, I saw a lot of people just playing it like with a normal shooter. And that's not how you get the points up. 
Shall we mention the high score contest, Vic? The high score contest. Who won the contest, Sean? Who out of all the players at Revival won who, the who contest? Out, who out of, the, of the, all the players except two of us that weren't allowed to play in the contest because they played it before? Who won? Me. You idiot. <laughs> you got. You got. Well, I was thinking about this the other night, right? You got a really lucky break, and you should not have won, because the guy who did one as a young lad. Oh, how old do you reckon he was? Twenty four, twenty five. Any young lad, wasn't he? Guy, Ian. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. never met him before. Uh, I talked to him after he'd, he'd actually done the game. He actually finished the game. He did all three levels, and mm-hmm. I was talking to him, and he won the t-shirt because he got, I think, a thousand points less than you, which is not a lot. It's very, very close. And seven, he was he seven, was playing a lot better than you. I mean, no, he, he would have wiped the floor with you. You got a lucky break, honestly. No, I didn't. This guy, right, had never played it before. You'd played it a few times around with me before. Yep. He had never played it before, and I thought he'd played it. He was that good. He must have learnt things really, really quickly, because he was playing it quite a lot. Um, and he said to me, oh, is it a homebrew game? And I thought, he doesn't know anything about it. And I sort of explained to him who, who was making it, and the guy's making it, and making it for arcade, and something you can buy it, and all this sort of stuff. He was quite interested. Um yeah, and he, he did really well and won it. I mean, you lot, you and him, just ran away with the scores. I mean, you, you beat mine by over 100,000, didn't you? I got 284, he got 277. Oh, right, okay. But I think... Yeah, isn't there a level four? I think they're going to put on level four. Not at the moment, because um, he actually found out. Because I said to him earlier in the day, I said, oh, you've got to do levels one, two, and three before you can see level four. And I watched him play, and he did level three, the the, the C level, and he beat the bat at the end. And he said, no, that's it. There's only three levels on here. And I didn't know that. I thought it was four. But in June, the very start of June, which is not very far away, the official version's going to be released, and I'll be getting that on the download. You'll probably have to do that, actually. Mm. Um, and that's got the first four levels on there, plus the uh, the two-player simultaneous modes. Did he do level to. one through three? Yes, one, two, and three together. Without dying. Right, yeah, right. that's yeah. why he's better than you. I, I I can do no actually I didn't do that. Did no, I? you didn't do anything, anything near the sort you lying get. I can beat level three though from a level three start. Yes, I think I can do all the levels from start. But we did one, two, and three all together. Mm. And I think he had lives left at the end. He's that good. So that guy is a really good shooter, really good shooter player, and deserving of the t-shirt. Yes. So hopefully we'll see him again in the future playing some games. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was really good. So I played. Quite a bit of that. One game I did like actually, and I've sort of ignored it a little bit before, wrongly, is Packland. Uh, Smarty mm. Martin, Martin Laws, bought his Packland with him, and it's a proper dedicated cabinet where you haven't got a joystick, you've got buttons left and right, and a jump button. So the idea is when you want to get him going quickly, you tap the button and then hold on to it so he runs quickly. And it plays a lot better with buttons, I think. I really enjoyed it. I also found out from Chris Fantasia, Mooncrest the Bootleg. There's a secret in it where you can get yourself a helmet. Oh, I've got a helmet. <laughs> I got a beauty. Yes. I, I never that, knew yeah. that. I never knew that. And I've been I playing didn't. that game since it came out in what, 1987, 1986. Mm, Drisk showed me as well, yeah. He I said, did not did know, know that. Yeah. Little cheaty, but you get a little blue helmet. So when things land on you from above, it doesn't hurt you. Nice. <laughs> How dare they know things I didn't know about. You learn something new every day in this hobby, which is really, really nice. So I was playing that for a bit. I quite liked it. Uh, I had a go of Video Pinball, which is not a game you see every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't... You know what I didn't get to have a go on? Is Roger's Ice Cold Beer, the mechanical game that was there. I had a couple of goes. Everyone was watching Charlie Farr just annihilate it, obviously. Yeah. So he's not just good at video games. He's good at 
mechanical ones as well. He's a menace. That's what he's a pest. Have you seen his score yesterday on Burger Time? He doubled his score. Uh, he was getting like three quarters of a million at, re- at Revival. And I think one, one and a half million points he got on Burger Time. About that, yeah. Ha. I know how he did it. And I know sort of the tricks how to do it. Well, I can't pull them off. So pulling them off is the, is the trick, the, the key to it, I think, isn't it? Mm. So, mm. yeah, he's done really well there. So he was just ripping up scores left, right and centre. But he didn't win Sky Curse. <laughs> he did have a go, though, didn't he? Uh, I don't think he played it much. No, I bet he did quite well, even for his first few goes, though, knowing him. Yeah. As soon as you learn those tricks, you can sort of get into it, I think. Yeah, so... What else did I play there? Not a lot, really. I played Flicky, of course, and... You did terrible on Flicky for your normal three million. You were just getting hundreds of thousands, which is still ten times better than what I can do on it. I thought I did like C, and I didn't have a go of it, because it's not really my game, but I really appreciate it. It was um, Flinsters... Is it Dave Dave Flinsters? Yeah. He did a a little dedicated Dino King cab as Wonder Boy. The artwork was Mm. lovely. A really colourful little game. It looked lovely in that cab, didn't it? Yeah, it did look good. And I quite liked um, Rich Gregory's other Dino King, which he had his version of Pi Mame in it. And that's why I'm getting into Pi Mame, because he's done a really good job of that. Mm. I'm quite... It's quite appealing, I think, for me. So, yeah. That's about it, I think, for what we've been doing lately. Did you know it's World Turtle Day today? Is it? (laughs) Yes, it is, apparently. I've read on Twitter about it. And Patrick Scott Patterson... Actually, tweeted a picture of my turtles rather than the stupid other turtles. It's got the it's got the um, it's like an advert of a woman looking at this comic book. And it's got turtles on it, and they've got the arcade machine in the background. Here's a quick word from our mythical sponsor. Hi. I need your advice on a great podcast. Give for my husband. Sunprints Arcade Podcast. He shaves as close as a blade, or your money back. Arcade news. I shared a picture a little while ago on the Facebook group Cabaret Games, Cabaret Arcade Games, and it got used as the Cabaret picture of the day a little while ago, and it was of my Taito Phoenix trim line. Nice. Did I tell you I fixed that as well recently? Yeah, you said something about... The scabby birds. Graphics. Ah! Hate beaks. Hate beaks. Ever since I bought that machine, ooh, over ten years ago, when I first bought it when I lived in Weymouth, I got it imported from Germany or Austria, I can't remember now. It always had a little problem with the graphics. There were sort of little little bits of pixels missing at the graphics. So it looked a little bit the birds looked a bit scabby on it, but the game played absolutely perfectly. And when I moved to London it was still the same. And I sold it to RGP, who's played it at many, many shows. It's been all, he's never touched it. It's always been exactly the same. I, I sort of said to him, Well, oh, just leave it alone. It seems to play all right. And it sort of adds to the, the scabbiness of the horrible phoenix coming down at you. Mm-hmm. And I had it back. I thought, I must do something about that. I want to talk to Phil Murray about it, who's a resident expert on phoenix. He's made a high score uh, kit for it. He said, It's probably those two ROMs there. That's the colour ROMs, or colour proms, or EPROMs, I think it was. And I went, Oh, I'll, I'll try burning them and, and change it. So I burnt them successfully and changed them, sorted it out. Lovely. Well, I sort of miss the scabby birds. I'm about to put the old ones back in. <laughs> Those phoenix birds are no longer from the wrong side of town. No. They're, they are smart peacocks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe not. So that's one thing, the, the arcade news. What else have we got on our list? We have three pieces of arcade news about arcades. That's quite relevant. Two good ones. One, not so good. 
Mm. The heart of gaming is finally opening Croydon. Congratulations to... Hog. Oh, yeah. The, the hog. I thought you were just choking on a burger or something. No. Biscuits. So, congr- congratulations to Mark Starkey. Hopefully that does well. It's a candy cab paradise, apparently. And I think they've got some rhythm machines there as well. Oh, yes. Oh, I wonder if they'll get a U-beat. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. We're, we're mad on the U-beat, we are. We like it. And Conbo, K-O-N-B-O Arcade Cafe, has opened in Edinburgh, in, in the land of the Scots, darling. Yes, nice. Yeah, so that should be a good one. It's, it doesn't look a very big place, but it's nice and cosy, like a like a big cosy sofa on a Sunday evening. Oh, nice! Mm. They, I think they're doing uh, they're doing like Japanese style confectionery, cakes, coffee, and arcade games. Hopefully, they get some more in there. It looks really nice so far. The place looks really lovely. And That's the one good. bad bit of news: the Tums Arcade, Tom, 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 Toms in Hales Owen is closed. Unfortunately, I don't know why, but bad news. Yeah. Bad news. He just couldn't make it work financially. He's not gone bust or anything. I was oh, speaking okay. to Craig Turner, who knows the guy. He's mm-hmm. just saying it just wasn't worth the time and effort he was putting in for it, for the return, you know. Oh, what a shame. So I think he's gone back to servicing machines and stuff now, so. Oh, okay. We, we were going to go, weren't we? We just never got around to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's just in the Midlands. You know, we could have sort of gone if we'd had a bit of time and it was still open when we was at Revival, maybe. Mm. Bummer. Yeah. Mm. Boom. So there was also an arcade event at the Centre of Computer, Computing History in Cambridge on Saturday the 2nd of September. And it's purely this time about playing games. And it's going to be 20 cabs, mainly from Ian Ski, top listener, friend of ours. Yes. And you may go to that. I think I actually will, because the cab list looks really good. It's got mm-hmm. Centipede, Gyrus, Time Pilot, if I'm remembering this right. Yeah, they've got Xevious there, I remember. Um, yeah. Tempest. Asteroids table. Oh, they had a Alien Syndrome, Alan Syndrome. Oh yeah, the proper cabinet. Because I helped fix some of these before. But I think all the cabs are working now, and Ian Ski's going to be bringing some of his own personal cabs because he's got quite a good collection. Ian has. And if I'm going to be in the country, not on holiday at that time, I will go too. It's not far from me. It'd be nice to have a meet up again, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it'd be good. I got buy nice. Ian a drink for his birthday. It's his birthday the other day. Happy birthday, Ian! Right. I've also been doing... You know when we were in Sweden? Yes. And we played Rhythm Tengoku. Did you actually play that one? Rhythm Heaven. I didn't play it, no, because I couldn't get you off it, for one thing. I was in the way a bit, yeah. It's a really <laughs> good little game. It is actually on Naomi hardware, which I have, and I've got a net boot. I can't play it because I need some extra memory for my Sega Naomi motherboard, because it's, it's only got 256 meg memory. It needs 512 to play this game. Um, and I'm really trying my hardest to get it working, because I will make a panel for it, because you've got up, down, left, right buttons, like a D-pad, a Nintendo D-pad, and two buttons for the controls, and, and the same on the second player. And I will actually make a control panel up for it, because it's a really cool little game. And mm. I found out it's actually it's on the cab. It's Nintendo and Sega together made the game, which is a recipe for... Brilliant. Mm. It was also by the same guys who did WarioWare, all the little games in WarioWare. Oh, that makes sense. Which is it's a really daft, silly game, but it's so much fun. It's it's it, you're just giggling like a five year old when you're playing it. It's such a great mm. little game. And I really want to play it at home because I think my wife would love to play it with me. She likes little games like that as well. We can have a bit of competition going on. So oh. I've been trying to do that. Rich Gregory's been very helpful again, trying to help me get it set up and working. Um so I'm really trying to get that, that going on there, because I do quite like a rhythm game now. I used to love Donkey Konga 
on the GameCube. Such a great game. I used to sweat my little bottom off playing that because you get really hot. <laughs> so I used to sit there in my pants and just there playing this stupid game in front of the TV for hours on end. Such fun. I was going to say, sit there in the pants in, in, in the middle of the arcade. No, 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 no. I would get thrown out for that, quite rightly so as well. Mm. So talking about rhythm games, another rhythm game we, we sort of talked about before was U-Beat. And yes. we played that in Sweden. I played it in Japan on my honeymoon years ago. Uh, and I've we oh, I've seen it in London once, but I didn't play it because it, uh, it uses a credit type of thing for, for playing it, and I couldn't really play it. I really like U-Beat. I've got it on the iPad. You can actually buy it. I think it's called Duke Beat, or some some Western name for it rather than U-Beat. It's J-U-Beat, and it's pronounced U-Beat. Yeah. So I'll explain a little bit for people who may not have played it. It's basically, it's a stand-up machine you stand at. It's got a weird cube on the back of it, like a weird marquee with mirrors in it. It's a sort of optical illusion thing. But the actual mm. game is, I think it's like a 32-inch LCD screen turned vertically. And over the bottom sort of two-thirds of the screen are 16 clear buttons in a in 4 by 4 matrix. And at the top is a little piece of the screen which you see it tells you what to do and where you can pick tunes and stuff. And you... Depending on how the machine's set up, you can pay for so many songs. And I think you can play it, so if you do get a certain score, you can keep progressing through the songs. I'm not sure how it's set up, but the one we were playing was for three tunes for one credit. Mm. And what you do is you pick the tune you want and what difficulty setting. And when the game plays, in line with the music, the buttons light up and they, they disappear. So when they light up, you press the buttons in time with the music. And that's the idea. You can press them three different ways. You can press them early, which gives you a good... Press them right in the middle of the, the cycle, which gives you a perfect. And if you're late pressing them, or you're too early for it even to start, it gives you a bad. Mm. And the idea is you, you get your chains going. So if you keep getting goods or perfects, you get the chain going and it gives you more points. And then when you hit a bad, it goes back to zero again. And it might sound simple, but it's it's such a great game to play. And as you get harder through the levels, it gets really quick. And you're pressing like four buttons at once. And sometimes you've got right. to sort of swipe your hand around the buttons because they're going so quickly. That's on the later levels. But it's a really, really cool game. And some people have done homebrew versions of it. And there was one called U-Beat, Y-O-U-Beat, done by a home programmer. But it sort of disappeared off the net. I'm not sure if he got done for copyright or whatever. I don't know. But I found out that some people have made their own controllers for it. And you can make it with sort of clear clear perspex and put little buttons underneath it. And I think you can actually even buy the controller, but it's quite a lot of money because it's obviously a piece of hardware for an arcade machine. But you can make your own controllers and i'm perfectly capable of doing that but what i want to do first is actually find some software whether it be original software that i can maybe buy or even buy the unix it's just a pc type i think it works on konami or probably bomani hardware it's just a pc basically it's a disguised pc with a hard mm. drive in it if i could actually buy one i think i would because it's a really cool game it's all in japanese as well so it might be difficult setting it up because it's it was never got a uh, uk release but then I would actually make a little tabletop machine for it, make a slightly smaller one. Because playing it on an iPad is quite good, but you're not, you've not got that tactile pressing of the buttons. You've got to press the screens. You've got to be a bit careful with it. So mm. you can smash your iPad to, to bits. And I think there it's, is an Android version as well. It's quite a deep cab, isn't it, from what I remember? It looks very deep, yeah, because at the top you've got that sort of cube, which is sort of yeah. a weird marquee, and it's got mirrors in it. And what people do is they put, like, Japanese dolls in it, you know, sort of um, anime figures, and it sort of displays them where it looks really really deep. It's like an optical illusion. Oh, I thought it was, like, 94 foot deep. It's, no, it's not that deep, Sean. Okay, one last time. These are small, but the ones out there are far away. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mind you, the, the amount the amount of drink you had that night, you probably thought that. That Czech lager, it's very nice. But you picked up that game straight away because this is the first time you played it, and you were playing it and dancing around like an idiot, just like I was within five minutes. It's great, it's very addictive. And I would like to play at home, maybe make a, a little tabletop machine, so I'm sort of looking into doing that. And um, there was a girl on YouTube who's really into the game who made her own control panel. It's really cool. I might, I might put the uh, the YouTube video on the show notes for people to look at. But she did one that she was just looking on the computer screen to play the game and then pressing the buttons on her lap. So it wasn't underneath the buttons like it should be. But she was playing it quite right. well. It seemed to work okay. But what I would do is put the screen underneath it. Mm. I'd definitely do that. And it's such a really cool thing to do. But you sort of need that controller to play the game properly. Mm. And, and playing on an iPad is so small as well compared to the size of the actual machine. It's a very good idea for a game. So simple. A lot of them rhythm games are, though, aren't they? Yeah, really simple. It's not even Groove Coaster. is quite a simple game. But the way they, mm. they jazz it with these huge screens and that pumping music going on, the lights show and everything, it makes it look really good. Mm. Mm. So I'm thinking about that. Mm. Hot Rod Arcade have produced... A Q Pokey FPGA chip to replace the four Pokey chips and Major Havoc. Ooh. They're saying it should work with other Atari boards, but it's not yet tested it. Right, this is $120. I am not sure. Is that expensive or what? What do you think? Well, how how hot is their rod for a start? Giggity. Yeah. <laughs> and also, any, anything to do with Major Havoc is expensive. Anything to do with it. Mm. The monitor is expensive, the cab's expensive, the reproduction boards are expensive, all the parts on are expensive. So it's no wonder this is expensive. But I think if you buy a Pokey chip, you, I, I bought a Pokey chip for my Atari 7800 multi-cart. So if you've got a, a Pokey chip in it, you don't have to have it. You get the homebrew games playing the Pokey music using the Pokey chip. There's only two of them, though, that play, use the Pokey chip. Oh, original games, yes. There's only Ball Blazer and Commando, but the homebrew mm. games, there's quite a few because they're all using the code. Obviously, they can use it. And right. on this thing, it's actually got oh, the chip yeah. on there. But I'm not sure if that, that Pokey chip is just for the sound or it's a full Pokey. I think it's the full Pokey. And that was £12 to buy, and it's brand new. It's like a reproduction chip made in the Philippines. It's got it printed on there. So $120 for... For the use of four pokey seems very expensive, mm. but maybe it's some—I um, don't know—maybe it's got other hardware in it that this thing hasn't. I don't know. So yeah, I'm not it's too sure. The price of the FPGA thing, isn't it? They're, they're, can they be quite expensive? I think so. Yeah, you, you get sort mm. of larger and smaller ones, which is a, a really simplified way of saying it. But yeah, I think mm. it has to emulate quite a lot of things. So I'm not too sure. Maybe an expert can write in and tell us. I'm yes. not sure, but anything to do with, with Major Havoc is really expensive and, to my mind, overpriced. But I wouldn't, mm. I'm wouldn't. i not a massive Major Havoc fan, although a lot of people are. Mm, it's an unusual game. Mm-hmm. Here's a very interesting post from Tony Temple, arcadeblogger.com, about washing the dirt and grime from your old PCs, monitors, and chassis. Chassis. I'll chastise you in a minute. Chastise? My chassis. And he's, he's using washing. What's he using? Like a hose and dishwasher, soap and. Yeah, Tony, Tony's like that. He'll wash anything. That lad. I was yeah. talking to him at the weekend, actually. Uh, yeah, you can. It's, it's very well known to wash PCBs. You can put them in a dishwasher. You don't use any detergent, obviously, and you take out all the socketed chips carefully, and you've got nowhere to put them back in again. And basically, electronics is absolutely fine with water. 
mm. as long as you don't plug it in when it's still wet, which can arc mm. out lots of things and be very dangerous. If you do it, you clean the, the PCB or the chassis, whatever you're doing, leave it in the airing cupboard for about a week or somewhere nice and dry, let it dry out properly, and then put it back together carefully, and you'll just have a nice, clean, working PCB. Mm. It sounds crazy, but electronics and water are okay, as long as they're not turned on when the water is applied, which would cause all the arcing in the, the short circuits, etc. So you're fine to do it. Absolutely fine. But a lot of people say, oh, I wouldn't want all that dirt in my dishwasher. Yeah. But the dishwasher works at such a high temperature. I think you do it at a lower temperature as well. You don't need to be red hot. But you can run it through a hot cycle just to get rid of all the crud and crap that you've taken off the um, the PCB, and it'd be fine. I'd do it, definitely, if I, if I needed to. But I've never had a PCB that's been that crusty and horrible I've needed to do. Yeah, and they look they look great, don't they? You open at the back of it, and it looks like a new machine, doesn't it, from 1982? What I tend to do, if I do get a dusty chassis, which dust can sort of burn away on and sort of warm parts of the chassis and not be good for it, is I take it to my work, and I use compressed air on it, because we've got air guns at work, which have got like 100, 100 PSI air in, and I just blow all the, the dust off with an air, air line at work. Can that not dislodge the chips? No, it's not that powerful to do that. Right, it just knocks right. all the dirt and, and dust off, which is easy enough. But I have yet to get to that article by Tony's. I've been catching up on my arcade stuff. I read all of Neil 1637's blogs the other day, because I haven't got to them yet, and I read them all in the bath. Yeah. Very entertaining. I'm looking forward to his part four of his Robotron build. Right. That's looking up. He's done a nice job of that so far. And the next one to do in the bath is to to read Tony's blogs as well, because I haven't read them for a little while. I've stored them all up for the bath. <laughs> They're queued up for my lush bath. I'm a bit behind with podcasts at the minute. I'm not too bad on podcasts. I listen to them at work. I do get bored at work. I just listened to a few the other day, including the them lion gets. <laughs> you see, they're putting stuff on in their podcast aren't they, about us. Yep, I'm having to go at my accent. What? My, my accent. How dare they? I know those dirty pie ca- pie casters, pie factory yeah. podcasters. The pie casters. Yes, yeah, so we we'll have to get their accents, maybe. Mm. Mm, not very good not. at accents. You're good at accents, Fit. Go on. D- do Jimmy G. Hi ho, Kermit the Frog here. Sorry, Jim. Victor loves you and Kermit. <laughs> oh, did you see this on Twitter? The picture that's in front of you at the moment. Yes. There is a Pac-Man. It looks like a scratch card dispensing machine. I think mm. No Quarter retweeted this on Twitter. And I think it's in sort of gambling shops type of thing. But it looks quite cool. I think you can actually play Pac-Man on it. Yeah. Cool. Remember Pac-Man collectible cards used to get when we were kids that came with chewing gum? Yes, I have. Well, they stickers, weren't they? I, Not there cards. Were stickers and cards, and I still have a full set of all the stickers. Really? Yeah, I do, yeah. Wow. Because I remember getting pa- packets and sticking them on my door at home. There was definitely yeah. the ghost from Pac-Man and all the characters... I don't know what the cards are. I can't remember. Did, wasn't it a scratch card? You scratched it off, and if you you got a pellet, you went around a little maze, and if you went the right, correct way, you'd win yeah. something at the end. But if you missed it, you'd scratch off a ghost and obviously get killed by the ghost. Yeah, I think you just did it for points, but I worked wow. out because I bought so many of these cards that there was only about eight different versions of the scratch card. Oh, right. So you, so you bought, you got two or three stickers, a scratch card, and some chewing gum, whatever it was. Yeah. So I, I could tell after playing just a few dots of each one which scratch card it was. Oh, so you cheating get. I, used to have all, I think it was about eight. So all eight lined up, you just get perfect every time. Did you win anything if you got to the end? 
just the, res- just the respect of your peers. Yes. They go, you <laughs> sad man. Well done. I've still got all that. I haven't got any of the cards left, but I've still got all the stickers. They're four, a set of 48. Wow. That's a lot. I couldn't, I couldn't scrape them off my door when I left home, so I couldn't have that. <laughs> nice one. Well, tell us a bit about Taffa. We use Taffa quite a lot, and tell us what it is. I've found out a little bit more as to why Taffa, the arcade flyer archive, is not updated anymore. If you go on it, it says new 2012, that's it, the last flyer updated. Right. And it's a fantastic resource for graphics and also instructions on the games, on the flyers. Yeah, we use it a lot, actually. I use it it every single time we do a podcast, so yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, but there is another one that's come out a couple of years ago, and it's now sort of gaining traction. It's called Flyer Fever. And they now have a similar amount of flyers, but they're in a higher resolution. So I go to Ooh. that one first. So I was, I was looking around this website and I found a little about tab at the top. And it says, this is on Flyer Fever. I was the second owner of the Arcade Flyer Archive, Taffa, for seven years, but I sold it in 2012 due to extreme burnout, depression, and my inability to transform the site the way I'd wanted. The theme for my life in 2014 is to begin again after a two-year hiatus. I'm happy to introduce a new gallery that showcases my coin-operated video game advertisement flyer collection in 1280 pixel resolution, so it's better than the others. Cool. So it goes on to say there's over 3,600 video game flyers from 71 to 91. It's not going beyond 1991, which is quite sensible, I think. Mm -hmm. And it says the flyers are tagged with information about the games and cross-reference, so you can sort of view groups of them in meaningful ways that are not available on TAFA. I haven't done that yet. It's a shame he doesn't go up to 2,000, because that would would cover all our podcasts, wouldn't it? Because we don't really do anything past 2,000, do we? No, you've got up to 2,012 on... Oh, cool. Taffer, haven't you? Yeah. And then more recent flyers, you can actually look online. So like Star Wars Battle Pod, you can find those flyers online. And... I imagine, because they're still selling the games, aren't they? So you're bound mm. to find that sort of thing. Brilliant. Yeah. Have to get that. Yeah, it's a good look to the guy. It's a good site. Check it out, kids. And Sega, this is my research. I forgot where I saw it, and it's been all over the place. Sega have hinted in some report or another that they are thinking of reviving old IPs. Old so IPs. Old Ips. Yes. So it's possible we could see some arcade IPs return, but I think they might do stuff like Gunstar Heroes and that. And Ooh, maybe they'll do a um, Space Harrier or something. Maybe some <clears> of the racing <throat> games. So they've done a bit, a bit on the 3DS with that kind of stuff, haven't they? Those races. Yeah, and they were popular as well, so maybe they've done... Mm-hmm. Hmm. That'd be interesting. A Golden Axe, maybe. That'd be good. Yeah. Ooh, nice new Golden Ooh. Axe. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Like it. At Dixon's, only the best will do. The latest designs, state-of-the-art high-tech, world-famous names, and a vast range to choose from, like this 10-pence arcade podcast with stunning visual effects. All this 14-inch portable Seisho teletext for under £200. Whatever you choose, you'll always get a great deal at Dixon's. Arcade Pickups. Me first, me first, me first, me first. Whoa. Now, the first one was when we was at Sweden. I don't think I mentioned this, but Henrik, the guy we went to see in the garage, gave mm. me two Konami 36 adapters. And uh, I soldered the two parts together, and now I can play two Konami games going at the same time. So in one cab at the moment, I've got Turtles and Frogger. Yeah. And in the other one, I've got Green Beret and Iron Horse together. Iron Similar Horse. games. I love those games. So, yeah, I can play them sort of in the same cab, just with press of a switch and swap it straight over so thanks for that Henrik and also 
we had a CD each from his band because he's the keyboardist noise generator of Mass Murder Agenda. Mm. I really, really like it. It's as heavy as hell, but I really like it. It's sort of heavy noise industrial kind of thing. With a bit of synths in as well. Yeah, with a bit of synths in. All sung in English as well. There's, there's lots of angry shouting, but it's really, really cool. And it is the only CD that's ever been played in my car, ever. Me too, actually. Because my car has got a hidden CD player in it, and I obviously use like Bluetooth now on my phone and stuff, and mm. obviously the d- dab radio. I never usually play CDs, and it's in there, and it's like my emergency disc. Whenever I want to listen to something, I haven't got anything on me. I can just put the CD on, and it's going to stay in there forever. It actually is still in my car. Cause it's, a, <laughs> it's a new car, and I use the SD card. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought, oh, it might be a bit heavy for me, but no, it's really, really good. I actually looked on Apple Music to see if they've done any more albums, but they've done a few EPs. So, right. Henrik, hope and do another album. It's really good. There's a, a sort of a ballady one on there, which I like, some soft ass. Yeah, there's some, there's some really good songs, actually. I really like it. Just, I like angry music. I just listen to it all the time. It doesn't make me angry. It, in mm-hmm. fact, it sort of chills me out, but I really like it. So, another Pi Zero arrived. I bought another Pi Zero. What's up with you, man? Well, I don't know. I get e- emails from places like Pi Maroni and the Pi Hut, which is like UK sellers of Raspberry Pi, saying, the new Raspberry Pi is back in sale. So I'll have one, have one, have one. And I've got about six now. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to use them for different projects. I need one for the Turtles Stroke Frogger VFD game I'm going to do. So I need a zero for that, which I've got. Uh, I really, really, really want to do a little handheld landscape-sized orientation with like a three-inch screen with a, a Pi Zero in it that just plays Game Boy, Game Boy Color, and Game Boy Advance games. I'd really like a homemade one with with that, so we can get all the games on there. Nice. So I'm thinking about making that. I'll obviously make an enclosure. Might do it on the 3D printer. Might machine it at work out of aluminium. I don't know yet, but I really want to get into doing that. So I've been getting these pies together. And Rich Gregory's going to help me out with the, the, the software because he's an absolute legend on, on Pi and, and Linux and stuff. He'd be able to do that sort of thing. So I'm really looking forward to doing that. We just need to get around to sort of getting all the stuff and information together. There's lots of online things how to make it. But I've also got a Pi 3 for my actual emulation I'm using a lot, which is full up with stuff. I've got another mm. Pi 3 as a Pi booter for my Naomi, which you can always nick out of there and just use with another SD card for other stuff. So I've got quite a few on the go. But they're just awesome little things, and they're so cheap. Why not? Yeah. You know, I might, I might just put one on a, a balloon and just set it up with a camera on it, taking pictures of stuff, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, couldn't stop myself. And for £4.80 for a computer, it's what's not it's, to like. It's good, isn't it? It's really good. I bought eight PCBs recently as well. Eight. Eight. They were bootlegs. They were sold off a user called Bella. Uh, in Europe, I think he's in Hungary, and it was on the uh, the DLF site, Dragons Lair Fans Forum, and it is. I bought it for two games, and the rest I'll probably sell on or sort of give users test boards, or whatever. They're all bootlegs. Oh, sorry, some of them are bootlegs, some originals. But the bootlegs I wanted is a Time Pilot one, mm-hmm. which is a great game. It's actual Time Pilot, not Space Pilot bootleg. It's a one to one. The game is actually the same thing. It's exactly the same. Oh, that's good. The reason I got a bootleg is I believe the bootlegs of that particular game are better because they haven't got custom chips on. Mm. If the custom chips go bad on one of them, your board's down, you won't get another custom chip. I think it's very difficult to find those. So this one's just got normal chips on, off-the-shelf chips, and it works absolutely lovely. It's a little bit noisy on the on the sound. It's a bit sort of 
crackly. I'll have to sort that. I think it just needs a new amp or something. It's nothing special. Yeah. Terra Cresta bootleg. Nice. That's in the cab with Time Pilot with one of those jammer selectors on there. That's a great little game. I'm not very good at it. I really like it. I like shooting the dinosaurs. <laughs> they turn into skeletons. It's brilliant. I also got a double dragon bootleg. Yes, that's okay. So it's, right. it's a rubbish game. I don't like Double Dragon. Sorry, Dean Swain of the Retro mm. Asylum. It's his favourite game. I think it's a really clunky game. I don't like. I don't like getting hit on that because when you get hit, you can't get out of it, and you, you always get knocked over, and you've got to watch yourself getting beaten up. It's aged quite badly, like myself. I, I think it's it's got a lot of slowdown on it as well, hasn't it? That game. Mm. I remember it in uh, the arcade. I, I don't remember it a lot actually. I'll have to check it out again. When I was a kid. I kept continuing, kept continuing. Absolutely loved it. Playing with another friend. Used to absolutely love it in the arcade. But as you say, I don't think it's aged very well at all. And it mm. seems very, very clunky. So I've got bootleg of that, which I will sell when I've sorted the sound out. The sound goes in and out, and the amp on it has been badly soldered. So I have to sort that out. But I don't think it's a difficult job to do. And obviously, so that someone who likes Double Dragon, there's plenty of fans of it. Yeah. Uh, an Exoriser bootleg. That's a weird game. Exoriser or Exetizer you've Ex- got here? Exoriser, I think it's called. Exoriser. It's a weird mm. game. I think it's got another name as well. It's it's um, a dual name. It's got an, another name for it. I can't remember what it is, though. But it's a weird vertical game, and it's like a sort of space scene, black background as usual, Starfield. And it's these weird dragons with these sort of blonde-haired women sitting on these dragons come at you, and you've got to shoot them. You've got a regular sort of missile and a, and a sort of bomb button. It's a weird game. I don't like it. The colours are really, oh. really garish. They're really sort of bright, loud, and it doesn't look right. Oh, not for me. That rings a bell. The the women on the yeah, they're sort so, of so they're like the them. space harrier kind of cuddly. Very bear. similar, but not as good graphics. It's a lot older game. Mm. It's a weird game. I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> Gun Dealer, which is a sort of um, a sort of card Tetrisy type game. Yeah. A Double Dealer, very, very similar game again. I think it's almost the same game. Both originals, those. Pocket Gal 2, which is a pool game. Right. I remember, which is okay. I think I think they might have nudie girls in as well. I can't even remember playing them. And another Puznik, which is that tiny little Taito L-shaped board. It's called L... I think it's called uh, L-Hardware. Taito L-Hardware. And you can swap the ROMs on that for other games. But unfortunately, not that space shooter game I told you about that I, th- I thought I could swap it with. Oh, the one that Toaplan developed, was yes. it? Farting Shark? Farting Shark, yeah. <laughs> so you can't change it for that, apparently, which is a real shame, because that looks a really good game. And I was going to give you one, because I've got two of these Puznik boards. But you can swap it for other puzzle games. And also, someone developed a Spectrum puzzle game, and mm. you can put that on it, like a homebrew game on there, which works on that hardware, which is quite cool. Nice. So we'll do that in the future. Also got a Netboot Pi Booter for my Naomi, which is a, a Pi 3. And what you do is you connect it to your Naomi. It's all powered by the Naomi motherboard. And it basically, it makes the Pi itself is a network. So when mm. you go on your phone, your phone finds Naomi network. You join to it with your phone, put a password in, and then you get up a load of games that are on the Pi. And you just select what game you want, and it loads into the Pi, all on a phone, a tablet, computer, whatever, as long as it's um, it's wireless, and it will work from there. It's really, really smart. There's no putting Ethernet cables in, messing around, loading stuff on. It just works. It's really, really that's nice. clever. It's really good. So that's hopefully what I'm going to get used to load up Rhythm Heaven. Mm. Hopefully. 
I got all the Funko toys, all 12 of them. You know what I'm like? Yes. Yeah. And let me just show you this one. This is my favourite one. Oh, it's Dave. It's What's a poker. That's it. I'm about to put a picture of these on there. I've got all of them now. They're so cool. And they've got the um, the display box as well, which is a nice little thing. I put that in the garage somewhere on show. Oh, excellent. But I had to buy all 12. So the yeah. three I already had, which is a Figar, a Frogger, and a Pac-Man Ghost, Blinky, mm-hmm. I will be selling. So I should sell them for slightly less than I got them. So if anyone wants those, give us a shout. Mm-hmm. Oh, at the revival, I bought I bought Miss Pac-Man for the Atari 7800 cartridge because I didn't have that one, and I'm trying to find yeah. the arcade games for that. I haven't played it yet. Puyo Puyo for the Wonder Swan, little cartridge of a, a puzzle game I really like. I also picked up from another a listener. Uh, I swapped him a Pitfall 2 PCB, which I think he's going to change into Wonder Boy or Flicky, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But he gave me Super Cobra original Stern PCB and also Scramble. For it, so I've got another scramble. I've only got three scrambles now. Yeah, <laughs> got more scrambles than I can shake a stick at. Which version is it? It's the Stern version, the proper original Stern version. It's um, the boards are made by a company called URL. Mm. Never heard of before, but they're really, really nice looking boards. They're really clean. But I wanted the Super Cobra for a special reason, and I'll tell everyone about that in future. Oh, can't say yet, but in the future I will telling people about that. Guess what else I got? Go on. Only got a mini NES. You know the NES Classic that everyone oh. can't find because everyone's selling for far too much money on the internet? Mm. I got one. Rich Gregory sold me his that he hadn't used for the same price as he paid for it. Absolute legend. Thank you, sir. And me and wife are really enjoying it. Oh, so you are playing it? Oh, yeah. God, yeah. yeah. Um, he He's fixed it because it's hackable to play more NES games and also different emulators. I haven't, I've haven't. i played a few NES games, but I haven't played any of the emulators yet because I've got to get... Because you've only got two buttons on a NES controller, as you know. Mm. So you can only really play NES and Master System because they have two buttons. He's put SNES games and some Mega Drive ones on there as well. So what I've done is I've bought a Wii Classic controller, which should be coming in the next few days, because that plugs straight into NES Mini, and you've got more buttons. Nice. Yes. Wife loves it. She was playing Mario 3 the other day. We are doing the dance. And she's playing Mega Man 2, which is impossible, but she's really good at it. I don't know how she does it. Oh, that's so hard. It's a memory game. And Dr. Mario, obviously, she was playing that as soon as she got mm. hold of it, and I couldn't play for ages because she had the controller. Is that a hate beak? It's my son doing hate beak. <gasps> Tell him to hate he, beak off. Do, do you, the story behind that, right, is we were all going to Asda. We, we, um, we and my son, my son and we, hate shopping, right? Yeah. And wife says, come on, you've got to help me do shopping. Everything I pick you don't like, so we're going to go shopping. Yeah. So we're going shopping. She says, wife says, you get that, son, you get that, I get this. So we're wandering around Asda. I can't find him. I yeah. can't find anyone. And I see him over the top of some, <laughs> over top of some shelves. And I go, ka, ka, <laughs> which is some kind of <laughs> calling. And then he's going, ka. This is in the middle of Asda. <laughs> and we're you, doing it all the way around Asda. Did wife ban you from going to Asda? No, I think she thought it was quite funny in a strange way, but she wasn't with us at the time. She's kept her distance for some reason. I, I make I, I really act up when I go shopping, so I'm not really allowed anymore. That's what you need well, to do. That's the trick. I know. Yeah. I act up a lot. I mess around a lot when we go shopping. Right, well, so she usually even sneaks out when I'm not around. I've seen I can't remember what you did. You put something stupid in the trolley. What did you do? You said put a picture on somewhere. I do a lot of that sort of thing. She'll say, yeah. what she'll do is she'll say, oh, I can't find so-and-so, I can go and find it. So she'll be looking for, I don't know, a bag of 
strong brown flour for bacon or whatever, and I'll come back with cat food and say, is this it? And she'll be like, no. And I'll go off somewhere else, I'll come back with a pot plant, is this it? No. Come back with toothpaste, is this it? And then she goes, I'll find it myself. So that's what you need to do. It's simple. Anyway, back to... Yes. The mini nest. Yay! It's really good. I really like it so far. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, but you have, after your nine million pickups... That's it. You've got a few, though. You've got quite more than usual for you. Yeah, I've got a spinny TV from a very nice man. It's not a TV. It's a, it's a computer monitor. monitor but yes. It's on a swivelly thing, isn't it? Yeah. I had so, two. You had to have it because I was getting rid of it. So my idea was mm-hmm. to get a Raspberry Pi 3, which I've got, with an SD card, an adapter. It, it's DVI, so HDMI, DVI lead. Yes. Plug all that in, get MAME running on it, stick the Pi 3 to the back. Yes, it's only spin- tiny of the spinny tv mm-hmm. so it looks like then put a put a hoary stick or whatever in front of it so it looks like you've got a little mame set up awesome just with a monitor and a stick and that's all you can see and two leads so that's gonna look really cool so far i've got i had an old image called portable pi mame which ran on the raspberry pi 2 and yeah. it had it was just loaded straight into load of mame games but it doesn't run on the three so to test everything's working, I've put RetroPie on. So yeah. you can play it like that. But I want to boot straight into either, I think it's Advanced MAME or MAME for All. Yeah, that'd be cool. One thing I have found out, on the Raspberry Pi 3, you can put the latest builds of MAME on, but they just run really slow. Oh, it really? Is po- yeah, it is possible to do it. Okay. But they just run very, very slowly. That's why it's you know recommended you go way back to yeah. a 10 year old version at least yeah but the thing is the 10 year old versions will run all the games we want to play i would have thought and also yeah. they may be using the old-fashioned way of using samples for the sound which i prefer to be honest with you yeah i think they're I more authentic yeah. they're actually recorded from the machines aren't they i think i sent you a version of main that main point nine or something point nine oh yeah. and that had the original samples in a space invaders i, I really prefer that because the new one's awful sounding isn't it yeah it's not good so that is a project oh yeah oh yeah anything else yes i got this kids listen what is that it's a game boy game isn't it Game Boy Advance game from Ian 8, 8-Bit Blog. Great bit blog, even. That's Septic Lemon, our Ian, Ian yeah. Hubert. And it's a game called In Your Face. That's why he's giving it me. Look, listeners, it says In Your Face on it. In Your Face. It's a basketball game, isn't it? It is. And I realised, well, I couldn't play it properly because you've got to press a button twice. You press once to jump and then once to throw the ball-y thing. Oh, right, I, cool. I wasn't doing that. And you were just jumping up and down like an idiot. Yeah. No I change there, then. Through. In supermarkets, but yeah, thank you very much, that Ian. I shall play that <laughs> on my Game Boy Advance. Uh, yeah, Game Boy Advance SP that I've still got. Good name though. In your face. In your face, basketball. <laughs> he gave you that at revival. I thought it was hilarious. Brilliant. <laughs> what else have you got that's not actually yours? Don't even think it is. Well, I think you handed it over and with a written contract. So. <laughs> I said, borrow this. You're not having it. I'll have it back when you see me next. Tell oh, listeners Sky what Cursor. Yes, you've borrowed Sky Cursor because you carried it back to the car for me. So you might as well just take it on for a bit, have a go of it. Yeah. Uh, they are updating the software for that very, very soon. I think in the next few days. Oh. So if you want to plug a wireless dongle into it, wireless Wi-Fi adapter, mm. and download the new software, you are perfectly capable to, son. That'd be brilliant. You can play the new version then with all four levels. Is it got an Ethernet connection? Because I haven't got a wireless adapter. 
No, it's just wireless, I think. It's got two uh-huh. USBs. It doesn't matter, I'll do it when I get back then, it's no problem, you can still play it as it is. I did have one, did I have one? Oh, you're a boy, I should... one, he's got everything on computers, he's a computer person. Yes, yes. Yes. So I shall be playing that. And we've and? got some, from the excellent revival, we've got some beer from Robert Hazelby. Bobby Hazelnuts. Little Bobby Hazelnuts. Oh, oh fella, we didn't get a chance he's... to talk to him for very long, he was busy playing stuff everywhere, wasn't he? Yeah, I chatted to him a bit, and it's, it's, oh, it's, it always gives us quality gifts, doesn't he? He's such a nice lad. Yeah. Love him. He, he says you're worth it, so we Ooh. are. Ooh, fair enough. Mm. Uh, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of biscuits. Yes. From everyone. Yeah, that is, everyone who gave us biscuits. I can't remember. There's loads of them. Thank you very I much. Can. I'm still eating them. Did you write some of the names down? Yeah, I did. I know uh, Gary James Harris did. Yep. Uh, who else? Dave. Dave did. Thank you, Dave. I think he's called Dave Deuce, Dave Deucen. Yep. He was taking a photo of me while I was taking a photo of him to try and remember him. <laughs> Benny <laughs> Williams from RGDS. Oh yeah, Benny did. Yes, thank Good you, hit, Benny. Benny. You know what? I've I've, I've upgraded him to Benny Thirty Two Bit Williams. Good it. And then then biscuits from Steve Jammer Jops. Yep, thank you. When I opened the biscuits, I was eating some and I found some in my mouth, and it was this note from him. Oh, what's it say? It says. Enjoy and keep up the good work from Steve Jammerjup Dixon. www.jammerjupjup.co.uk. Don't know what that is, but check it out, kids. Big bite on the side of it where you chomped the the note. Yeah. So it was excellent. Thank you for your generosity, all you lovely, lovely listeners. Thank you very much. I love you so much. Ooh, lovely. Yeah, it's Christmas and Ten Pains Arcade Podcast. We've got thousands of festive bargains to make your Christmas go off <laughs> with a bang. <laughs> arcade Victorian insults. Hello, I'm Miles Dickshare Fuzzlebucket in attendance. I'm Colonel Isambard Bramble Muffler, also President Correct. I regularly partake. In a game or two. Pass a slipper and blind man's buff with some street urgents and a dirty puzzle of my choosing. <laughs> but I was guided to a hackney carriage videogram simulator called Road Fighter. Oh joy, I like to weave that crimson steam powered automobile about the cobbled streets. And what you thought of it? Codswell of a devil's egg, sir. Whomever chose that game was a gong farmer. Fiddled the listeners like a nun's watcher, so he did. Mm, I fear you are wrong, sir. I, however, was the unfortunate victim to some bally tripe of a game called Volfide. This one stamped to high heaven. Only gong gooslers and zounderkites would enjoy this piffle. Yes, I disagree, sir. Let's pontificate over a naughty tipple. Make mine a sherry cobbler, will you, darling? Listener feedback. We missed quite a bit out on the last feedback about the Centipede show because we just did. Sorry, kids. You missed it out, not me. I missed it because I, I do all the notes. I just ignored it. it. Yeah. Trollnads has sent us some feedback from having never played Centipede and believing I didn't really like it, I've discovered that I love this game and wouldn't mind owning one. Exactly my reaction when I really got into it. Mm-hmm. The mouse just didn't work for me, so thank goodness Arcade Club has one. I thought that about Centipede, and I played Smarty Martin's one. He's had a really, really nice minty one. And mm. I played Arcade Club, and I thought, I actually do... I'm not very good at it, 
It's mm. one of those games I would like to play and get better, and I'm still not very good at it. And I did eventually get my own machine, and it's a keeper now because I really like it. You can't really you can play with the mouse; it's not too bad. But it just doesn't feel the same, does it? The trackball is a no. must for that game, I think. Mm. Mouse really is, is better than the stick, but not as yes. good as a trackball. Proper trackball. I'm really, really happy I got mine. Uh, Bomb Jack. I can actually score 180,000 plus on Centipede using MAME and keys. So maybe you could stick with the keys. Centipede is the one game I regret selling. The fact that a good game for me is 300,000 means a playtime of 20 minutes or so per game. Perfect. Maybe RGP will have one at Glasgow for me. Ew. Wow, that's good Good scoring, Bomb Jack. Mm, that is. He has a millipede. Ooh. Mm. Nick73. Evening, gents. Only started listening to the podcast a couple of weeks ago, but loving the podcast and a great way to fill the walk to work. Definitely definitely got me playing more games, and it's motivated me to get my first cab as well. Catching up on the old shows has kept me sane while trying to get hyperspin set up, and it's nice to have some personality in a podcast instead of Ferris Bueller's teacher, who seems to be present a lot. Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. I watched that recently, <laughs> about three or four months ago. Such a good film. I've got it's it. It's great. I it, own yeah. it so good. Yeah. Loving a high score competition, and we'll chuck up a score after the last go tonight. Gutted I've missed out on some of the previous games, but pretty sure I would have only played a game like Road Fighter for about 30 seconds yep. without some motivation to keep going. Enjoyed figuring out a few things just by playing, like back in the day. Saying all that, I'm about done with this game. Getting to the point where missing the fuel car or crashing on the first two levels tests the tensile strength and flexibility of my joystick. <laughs> nice to meet Sean and Dave when I was at Arcade Club. I knew I'd met someone else. Sorry I didn't mention you last time, Nick. I, I, we were talking about how li- David Lyne can do... What was he doing? I think he was drinking a can of Coke and playing Galaxian Wounded. Yeah, showing off, isn't he? Mm. Last weekend as well with Neil, 1637. But, oh, here we go. Can never play Galaxians again after a one-handed effort scored with about ten times my best. Yeah. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Chris CMP, Chris Parsons. Really enjoyed this podcast with loads of news and pickups and stuff you've been up to. Listening on my noise-cancelling Bose headphones, it was very disconcerting having Sean kissing my ear as I sat on the train, <laughs> though, when he did the play diary. Uh, Victor Swimming Pool Cab's story reminded me that of our local pool had an upright Space Invaders and a cocktail scramble in the early 80s. Much more fun than swimming. I probably laughed out loud on the train when Sean gave away the Paperboy answer in the music quiz. Probably oh. funny. Oh. Have fun in Stockholm and see you at the Revival in a couple of weeks, which we did do. He was there. He was there. Tim Keeling, listen to millions of your podcasts over the last few weeks. Superb. Can you do Time Pilot 84 soon, please? That's on my list. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not a bad little game. We, we will get to it, I'm sure. Mm. Ben, man, of, man steel. of steel. Ben Steel. Ben of Steel. Yes. Just mm. a quick hi. A few months back, I had a rather unpleasant few days laid up in bed. Oh. Finer details are necessary. I couldn't be more than five feet from a toilet and stumbled upon your podcast by chance. Your dulcet tones and arcade chit-chat cheered me right up and even got me out of bed to continue my pie main cab, a risky 30 feet from the toilet. <laughs> I've built a few bar tops over the last few years, but find after months of assembly I soon got bored playing the same dozen favourite go-to games. I really much like the format. It's got me playing games I've never touched in the endless catalogue MAME has to offer. Trying to submit a half-decent score for Roadfire, but this proved tricky today, having a hyperactive two-year-old perched on my knee. Annoyingly, he was transfixed and completely mute watching me play Bomb Jack. Has this been featured? Yes, it has. The scores I've seen so far are a tad intimidating. I find myself considering different ways of disposing of my bar top. Fire, controlled explosions, or acid bathtub. 
Hmm. Love the tech tip section. I'm currently embarking on a visual, a virtual pinball build and interested to know your thoughts on these, having never actually played one myself. Being solely an emulation man, the podcast has even got me looking at genuine cabs, PCBs, etc., before then swiftly running in the opposite direction when seeing the costs involved. Anyway, back to the next podcast. Currently working backwards and just finished the Peter Packrat episode. Think I might give that one a wide berth. Three miles should about suffice. Take it easy, guys. We'll be heading up to Time Warp sometime soon. Are your recommendation, as it's only a short jolly up the M5 for me. P.S. I'm also genuinely eating more biscuits than I ever used to do and hold you entirely responsible for this. I think the podcast needs a government-style health warning. Warning. Podcast may cause arcade hand and additional belt buckle holes. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, stop them biscuits, you. One at a time. Muddy music. Oi, I love Road Fighter. He has a t- Twin Galaxies world record of 1.7 million on it. Oof. And, of course, I immediately insulted his choice of games. This is you, in it? I did. I, I personally couldn't relieve my bladder on that game if it were ablaze. Have you written that? I did write that to him. I, I didn't mean that. I, I, know Ollie, I know Ollie quite well, so I can insult yeah. him. It's okay. Yeah. He can insult me back, <laughs> as, <he's, laughs> as he generally does. Benson Rad, Great podcast again, chaps. Listened on my commute this morning. The podcast quite literally ended as I got to my desk in the office, so perfectly timed. I did play Road Fighter for about 10 minutes, just not had time. Got to the start of level 2, scored 22,410. Darn it, I didn't even beat Victor. I found that sometimes it would not move to the side as well. I'd assumed it was a main fault, but it sounds like that was an actual issue with the game. In all honesty, didn't really know much about the game. Felt like it was meant to be just going up the screen and dodging cars. I can see it can probably get quite addictive after a while, but it was rather dull. The Hey Stockholm arcade looks great. Love those dartboards on the ceiling. The music in the background, Oasis Pixies, was good too. I have to play back the centipede score section on my daughter tonight. I'm sure she'll be pleased. Been a busy week for this week with sats. Mm. Tagster, the cheeky dingo. Mm. Great podcast, guys. It was a nice surprise to listen to it today on the way to work. Road Fighter did suck balls pretty bad. You yeah. go off. You go off someone. Couldn't <laughs> muster up many goes on it. His pup. Tony Doyle, no idea what you're playing, to be honest. Have fun. No, he's put no IKEA what you're playing. Because it, that's oh, the Swedish, Swedish oh, yeah. podcast. No that, that was one of Tony's puns, wasn't it? He's a, he's a pun meister. Can you just give him a gentle slap for me next time you see him? Yeah, I'm seeing him on Saturday at Thank the club. Thank you. So this is from Victor. Oh! Roysterini. Good name. Talking about... He's talking about Upoko here. Oh, man, never seen this before, but it was pretty much the game I designed on paper back in 1998. Pretty identical, although faster-paced. Ooh. Pete Hahn, been catching up on the latest few episodes of the weekend. Great episodes. Love the Freudian slippers and Sean's picture next to them. <laughs> Thank you so much for the shout-outs of the Shinobi score. I really appreciate it. You're watching the most exciting game you will ever see on your TV set. Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. By Coleco, with three different games. Shout out. Neil 20 to 5, Neil 1637, for videoing his Pi MAME setup for me. I asked him a few questions about his Pi he'd done. Yes. And I wanted to see how long it took to load up and what it looked like, and he kindly did it for me. So thank you, Neil. Uh, Phil Murray for the Phoenix High Score Kit and burning some ancient ROMs for a PCB for Benson Rad. Uh, Phil's mystery project is also coming along nicely. Ooh. More about that in the future. Oh, also, before Revival, the day before Revival, Jumbo Sinbad 360 sent me a message uh, on Facebook Messenger uh, alerting me to a World Cup 94 pinball for quite a good price, I thought. I was going to ring up about it, because wife said, yeah, we should get it, we should get it. 
And I was talking to someone who knows a lot about pinballs, Robot Greg, at um, Revival, and he said, no, that is a bit overpriced for that. I can actually... You probably get one cheaper than that, so I said oh, I'll leave it then. And I did mm. hand it over to Andy PC, who was interested in that game. So hopefully he's going to go and get it and give it a good home. Nice. All the lovely listeners at Revival, the lovely biscuits and bottles and nice beer, and uh, everyone who took the time to come and say hello at Revival as well. I'm never tired of people coming to say hello and talking about the podcast and arcade games. So if you ever mm. see myself or Sean at uh, a show, we've usually got the ten pence arcade t-shirts on. We look fairly obvious. Come and say hello to us. Don't be shy. Come and talk to us. Mm. Really enjoy that. Uh, also, I have to say to a big, big, massive shout out and one of these to Craig and all his Crack Revival crew for putting on such a great event. And I look forward to the next one already. Oh, yeah, well, before, awesome. you, before you give your few shout outs, I mm-hmm. did have a little bit of correspondence with Craig just recently. Yes. Asking about the future revival. And he's got some good news for that, which I'll, I'll, we'll, we will have a talk to him before long. Um, mm. He said that the, the event went really well. He was really pleased with it. Everyone was happy. Uh, it's such a good vibe, which I think we mm. spoke about earlier. But, yeah, yeah um, really, really good. Just thank you very much for putting on for us. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, very nice. I've got quite a few shout-outs, all based around Revival, I think. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jam Bigley, Mr. Jim Bagley. Uh, and his team for getting the Spectrum next over, well, it's actually finished over £720,000. Ooh, that's and doubled, that, that isn't was it? A, yeah, well, no, it's £250,000 oh, wow. after. So it's nearly, nearly trebled. Wow. That was like a theme of the weekend. Every so often he'd say, yeah, I'm up to 600 up to 615 So yeah, wow, well cool. done, Jam Bigley. And the Retro Asylum guys, shout out to them. The RGDS guys, shout out to them, everyone in attendance. And a shout out to some people I've written on my phone who are listeners I haven't met before because we've met loads of listeners we've met before. So these are ones I don't think I've met before. Okay. But you know my memory. Nick Shaw, Mm -hmm. Paul McCaskey. Did I say Nick Shaw's the same as Nick73 earlier on? It's not. It's not the same guy. I don't know. No. Anyway, uh, Mark Sharples, Dean Eaves, I think he said. Andrew Hannay, Greg mm. Mart, I've not met him before. Oh, I've known Mike, Greg for years. I haven't met him. Mm. Good to meet Greg. Mike from the Retro Gaming Roundup, who we had a curry with. Nice guy. Yep. Mick Orwell and Dave Flinster. That's it. Is that it? Yep. Uh, I'll just put a big massive umbrella around all the nice people that came and spoke to us. Everyone was really lovely. Mm. No one complained about us, which is great. I can't believe that. Yeah. And <laughs> so all, thanks all the- for not complaining. And all the people that we that are, are really good friends now, like Chris Mooncrested Bootleg, Charlie Farr, Ross Ross, yep. all them kind of people. We had a great time, didn't we? Yeah, it was really good. Uh, Bobby Idod, Gary James Harris yeah. that came. Yeah, I don't Chris want to, MP, I don't want to leave anyone out. That's why I don't like doing this. I don't want to leave anyone out. Yeah, Chris Parsons. Yeah. Oh, everyone. Everyone was there. Lord, yeah. Lords of them. Lords. John Studley. It Tim is Temple. nice, yeah. Just, just meeting up with everyone and chatting. It's just really nice to do that. Oh, TB Lily. I hadn't met him before. I remember James. I met James Youngs ago. Yeah, I know James. Mm. Cool. So in case, you, if, you, if you've been forgotten, consider yourself shouted at. Tenpence. <laughs> 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 tech tips. Okay, this is a little tech tip. I'm running out of tech tips now, so I'm sort of scraping the barrel a little bit for tech tips. This is one I thought that might help people if they're on the fence about doing it, and it is burning EEPROMs. If you're struggling with tech tips, Vic, I can take over for a few weeks. Right. You've just let yourself in for it. You're doing the next one. Okay. I bet you wish you hadn't said that now. Uh, No, I've got some very good ideas. Okay. 
about restoration of vintage arcade coin-operated devices. Oh, God. What have I let the listeners in for? Right. Uh, There's no gasoline or matches involved in this. Burning EEPROMs. Right. An EEPROM is an electrically erasable programmable read-only memory IC, integrated circuit or chip. These are the chips on many computer hardware. In our case, the chips on an arcade PC that hold information pertinent to the game, such as program code, music code, and or colour information. Basically, code to make the game run. Back in the day, things weren't held on, on CDs or, or cartridges or whatever. They were done on EEPROMs. Yes. Or even PROMs, which you can't erase yourself. They're just made, and that's what they are. Mm. So the kit required for this is obviously an EEPROM burner, or programmer, there are many, many types on the market, ranging from about £40 to over 1000 for a really cool, old-school, self-contained one. You would probably need one of these really high-end babies to burn really old EEPROMs, like 2708s, which are 1K EEPROMs. One whole kilobyte, Sean. Wow. Yeah, they're from the 70s. They're really, really old. I've got a few boards with those on, actually. And I have got three EEPROM burners. Because ones weren't working with some computers, and I bought some given. So I've got a Wellen copy, which is a VP390, a Genius G540, which was kindly given me to by Phil Murray, which seems to be quite a good one, and a new Mini Pro, which is a small USB one. All three of them are USB. The Wellen is has an external power supply as well. It's a standard nine volt DC plug on it. But the others just mm. work from USB. You also need a UV eraser or blanking box. This is a box with a drawer on it for the EEPROMs, which has a UV light inside, which erases the contents of the EEPROMs. Uh, these can be bought cheaply from eBay, and some people have made their own out of an old video cassette case and a UV lamp from an aquatic shop. That's all they right. are, just UV light. My box actually has a clockwork timer on it too, so you, you, put, you plug the thing in, you turn the light on, and then put the timer on for 10 minutes or whatever. And when it hits zero, it turns everything off, so it doesn't over over erase them. Apparently, you can over erase EEPROMs. Uh, and an EEPROM, if you look at it, it's got a little tiny glass window on it where you can actually see the chip inside, which is tiny. And mm. what you do is, when you you've burnt your information to them to stop it, it UV light, which is actually sunlight uh, erasing it, you put a little sticker over the top. So you usually see them with little tiny stickers on the top, and it tells you what what EEPROM they are, or whatever. So you take the you take the sticker off to erase it, and when you've burnt it again, put the sticker back on. And that's weird. How UV can reprogram electronics. I didn't know. But this. it just blanks it off. It just erases mm. the the information that's on there. There's zeros and ones or whatever information's on there. Mm. So EEPROMs, you can buy these on their own or strip them from old knackered PCBs. That's what a lot of people do. If you've got an old junk PCB that doesn't work anymore, you can pinch the EEPROMs off of it. You can blank them and reuse them many many times. They come in various sizes from one K. And I think you might even be able to get smaller ones. I've never seen one less than a 2708. And it goes up to, to megabytes as well of programmable storage space. If the PCB you are repairing or modding uses, say, 2716 EEPROMs, you need to use the same size EEPROMs. And you can use different code chips, because some are like 27C16s or 2716s or 2516s, but you have to mm-hmm. check compatibility first. You can go online and get the data sheets and check them, make sure all the pins are compatible. In some cases, you can actually use double the size, but you need to double up the code to fill the memory on the EEPROM. So a 2716 is 2K. Divide the last number by 8 bits in a byte, so that gives you the K. Mm. 
2732 can be used as the same amount of legs on it and is pin compatible with the 2716. You need to double up the code. I do it in the Windows in a command line with copy forward slash b example.bin plus example.bin example underscore new dot bin. Mm-hmm. If you write that down, it's more it sounds it looks better than I just said it. But that's how you yeah. do it. You just it puts the code on once after the other. It doubles it up. It's that simple. Because mm-hmm. when the computer or the PCB reads it, it just reads, I think it's either the, the first half or the second half, and it just wants to see that piece. So it's, if it's on there twice, it's duplicated, it'll find the code it needs. That's right, how it works. Mm-hmm. I've done it before. So software. This always comes with the hardware, or at least a link to an updated software. All the ones I've ever used are Chinese and pretty badly translated, but they're functional. So the process of doing this, you first need to blank the chip if it's not already done. You need to tell the software what kind of chip it'll be looking at first. Choose the chip manufacturer or the size code, and then you need to insert the chip into the ZIF socket on the burner and push the lever to lock it in place. You can now do a blank check. The software reads the chip to tell you if it's blank or not. You cannot program if it isn't. You've got to put it in your mm-hmm. UV eraser. So if it's not blank, put it in your UV eraser. Go on. Do it now! <laughs> go on. Off you go. When you have a nice blank chip in the burner with obviously the correct chip description, you're ready to load in the software the code you wish to burn. When it's loaded, you can usually see the code on the screen or view it somehow. It looks like garbled mumbo-jumbo, but has comment lines on the right-hand side of the screen. Sometimes you can see little snippets of information, often but not enough. So you hit the program burn icon, and you should see a progress bar. It doesn't take very long, as you're only usually transferring tiny amounts of code over. You're done. Take it out, carefully insert into the PCB the correct way it came out, and you're done. So... You may encounter some problems when you do this. I did before. If your yeah. PC doesn't output high enough current through the USB port, not voltage current, you may have trouble burning the high-voltage chips. Some EEPROMs require as much as 25 volts to program them, while only usually 5 volts to read them. And I've had all sorts of problems with this. I used the PC at my main machine the other night, and it works a lot better than the PC I use for my PC stuff. Um, you just need to try different ports on different PCs. I'm not sure how you would check current on a USB port or what you'd even need to check it. So mm-hmm. the Welland burner uses an external power supply, so I suppose that suffers less with this. It uses the power from you know, a 9-volt supply. Yeah. One other problem you may use, you may find, is worn-out EEPROMs. It does happen. The breakdown, they, I suppose they break down like everything else. Luckily, they're pretty cheap to buy, but they will still be old when you buy them, especially if they're a smaller size used by these ancient PCBs, because they would be new old stock. They don't really mm. make them anymore. Well, they probably make small more modern versions, but not the ones we use for these old PCBs. So I've had a little bit of luck and experience doing it, but sometimes some of the chips just don't want to burn. And I've had a bit of a problem with it, a lot more problems than other people. I think it was the PC I was using, and the other one I'm using now seemed to do it better. Mm. So I'm happy about that. So I did Phoenix recently for Phil's high score kit, because it actually uses different... He changed the program ROMs around, so you had to use all of them again. I had to reburn eight of them. For some reason, it doesn't want to work. But I don't think it's down to the ROMs. I think it's down to something else that's not working on the PCB. I'm sure Phil will sort it out for me. He's clever like that. Very nice. So I wonder if this might be a bit of a noob question, but remember the old rewritable CDs and DVDs are not much used now because technology's moved along. Yeah. How would it still would it use the CD burner? Would what would it use some kind of UV light to erase the data on that? Or is it a, or is it a die? Is it or something on there? I think it's a die. 
because when when you use one of those, I, th- I can't remember now. Did you have to mm. erase them first before you used them? Yeah, or or you could you could add to the end of them. You know, you could fill yeah. them up and then sort of finalize them. Because I I used to do a lot of CD burning back in the day, and I can't really remember. But I never used to have much joy with the the rewritable ones. Mm. So I never really used them because they weren't that good. No, I didn't want to lose data in doing that. So I just used to you know, burn a, a CD or whatever, and then. If it was no good, throw it away and buy another one, because they were only about 5p by then, weren't they? They were cheap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a kind of different process, because this uses electricity to erase the... to, to program the ROMs, and you use UV light to erase it. But I suppose the process is similar. Mm. And obviously CDs are much much larger capacity, because the ones I'm sat in front of me now are like 2k. Yeah. Each. That's, why, <laughs> that's why games have like 8 or 10 of them to make up the thing. And then as the technology got bigger and better... You find some of the some of them are you know two fifty sixes or five twelves or even a megabyte and they're a lot bigger, a lot physical size bigger as well. So you can't they're not compatible with the smaller ones. You couldn't use I don't know a five twelve one that's been doubled up so many times to play a an eight K one. It doesn't work mm-hmm. like that. But some of them the same physical size usually you can double them up. Right. Mm. Interesting. I didn't know that, Vic. You do now. Yes. Hopefully I explained it reasonably. Excellent, that. Will you be the one to witness the birth of the incredible Tenpence Arcade Podcast? The one to play with Sean Holly, the extraordinary video robot, batteries not included. He helps you tackle even the toughest challenge. Top 100 arcade games. So we're back onto the top 100 games again. We haven't filled all our 100 in. I'm going to need to put some more on here, actually. Yes. So the next one's for you. You're going to we're tell doing me them in some. banks of five, aren't oh, we? And then we're going to talk about one in particular we particularly remember. Yeah, well, I'm going to choose Road Fighter. We'll skip over that because we've talked about it a lot. Yeah, less said about the better. But I keep going back to it, so Road <sighs> Fighter. Phoenix, mm-hmm. Pac-Man. I still go back to Pac-Man. Yep. Speed up or normal? Normal. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't like I, normal. I like, on it. I like messing around in maze. Frogger, yes, and Megazone, which you will oh. strongly disagree with. I still go back to Megazone, which is like a, a a rubbish version of Xevious, but I really like it. Did you choose it? I did choose it. Yeah, um, and this was me and Alex were still doing it, wasn't it? And you yeah. chose it as a listener. And the Pie Factory guys like it. What? Why did I? Why did I employ you? <laughs> like in Megazone. So, which yes, out of those do you particularly remember, and for what reason? Phoenix, I'd say. Phoenix. Well, I won't ask. I won't push you. I won't press you, sir, for any more about that because we're going to talk about that in two weeks' time. We are. So for my next sort of five are Sky Kid. Oh, awesome game. We haven't done that yet, have we? Have we done yeah. Sky Kid? Did we do yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, what a shame! I want to do it again. I didn't like it. It's oh, all right. I love that game. Ghosts and Goblins. Oh, such a good game, but such a hard game. I really want to try and do that one day, but I don't think I'm good enough. Uh, Nemesis or Gradius, whichever one you want to call it. The One Life Death Machine. Yep, that's the one. Goanga, Cave mm. Shooter. I want to get into Bullet that. Hell. It's a really good game. I need to give that a right good go. Waku Waku 7, Neo Geo, mad, mad as a bottle of chips fighting game on a Neo Geo cart. Right. Never played it. I don't think so. I was going to say Wacko Wacko 7 was a puzzler. But no, no, there. definitely not. You're thinking of something else. This mm. is a really cool one-on-one fight, like Street Fighter. But you play, yeah. you get to play different wacky characters, like a really big purple monstery thing with a little boy on his back, or a big robot, 
or a little girl. Oh, it's just awesome. Just really crazy characters. Oh, it is ringing a bell, that. I've got a feeling it's from from some sort of anime, but I'm not sure. But it's a really good game. It's one of the early Neo Geo... Well, not early, but it's one of the Neo Geo fighters I actually really, really like, because a lot of them are very similar. The King of Fighters, Art of Fighting, mm. uh, you know, Samurai Showdowns, they're very similar. Um, but this one's really cool. It's quite unique. Really like it. So the one I sort of want to sort of talk about, probably Ghosts and Goblins, actually. I played the Ghosts and Goblins on the Commodore 64 when I went around friends' houses and also when I had my own one. I played it on the Spectrum, loved it on the Spectrum and the Commodore 64. Didn't see it in the arcade that often in Weymouth, for whatever reason, where I used to live. But when there was a travelling fair that come to Portland, they always had it in the back of a truck. A back of a yeah. truck used to pull it with a little sort of steps on it, and that was the arcade. It was obviously yeah. a portable arcade. He just strapped them up and went on the way. And I used to play it in there a lot. And there was one lad he used to hang around with called Lee, who used to play his Commodore 64 with him. He was really good at games, and he could do it even back then. And I was always in awe of him doing it because it's such a hard game, but it's such a cool game with such a really cool theme to it. You know, it's sort of like you're this this knight with his armour, with his funny underpants, trying to get, get the girl, and there's demons and these undead coming out of the ground and these horrible plants that spit things at you. It's just a really cool sort of horror-type theme. But the game is it's, it's so hard. But I'm getting a little bit further when I play. I can usually do the first level now quite easily. And then it's the second one, the little imps get me. Or the big guys with the tattoos on their arms that throw the, the stuff down at you when you're drunk at the levels. Yeah. But I need to watch some more playthroughs, watch people how people play it properly and sort of get ideas. Because I really want to do that game. Well, we'll we will do it one day. Yeah. And I'm I, sure I could get could get into it if I get better at it. There's a few people at Arcade Club who, who can do it, can't they? Mm, Paz can once he's I was gonna say it. Paz, I thought he could do it, yeah. Mm. He must be a hell of a game player to do that. He's very good. I've not seen you for a long time, actually, so shouts out to Paz. Yes. So we should do some more of them next time. Five, four, three, two, one. The Ten Pence Arcade Podcast with Sean and Victor. Our go. La la la, it's music quiz time. First one on the music quiz. Oh God! Is this little? You can't see them, can you, on my phone? Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say out what they are. Right. This is the first <laughs> one on the music quiz. You don't get a lot of that one because it's easy. Iron Horse. Woo! First one correct. Number two. The ending gives it away. Never heard of it. You have. Have I? Number three. Is that not Xevious? Is it Xevious? No. no. I haven't got a whap whap. I'll give you one of these instead. Number four. That's all you get on that one. Want it again? Yeah. No. Oh, Shawnee, Shawnee, Shawnee. Number five. I'm rubbish at this. You know I am. <laughs> you shouldn't be because you've played all of them. I know. Here we go. There's the fifth one. Kicker. No. Kicker. I was going to say careful. Is it Chinese, you think? Yeah. Kung Fu Master. No. <laughs> we'll come to the the ones you've Karate missed at jump. the end. No. <laughs> You're clutching at you're clutching at Chinese straws now, right? We'll come to that at the end again then. 
I just I'm terrible at very that. poor. Two out of five. I don't like it. Can we can we knock this up bit on the end? No, I really like him. <laughs> Everyone else does as well. Mr. Tronads, <laughs> no, right. when he's better, he's going to do us a proper music quiz with five hundred. We can do <laughs> or ten maybe. Mm. So that's a two out of five. Two out of five so far, and I'll give you a chance at the end. I might even give you some hints at the I don't end. Need loads of hints. Like the game name would help. That would help. Or like you did to me that time with Paperboy. Yes. <laughs> you were never going to get over that. Never. No. no. The Ten Pence Arcade Podcast bring you this week's game. This is Upoko, or Wapoko. Wapoko. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. It's U-O-Poko. So we call it Upoko. Published uh, by Cave, published by Jalico in 1998. And it uses Cave 68000 hardware. Other favourites of ours using the same hardware include Dodonpachi, favourite of yours, Donpachi, and Gwanga, to name a few. Gwanga. That's a great game. Upoko is a cutesy puzzle game with a cute pussycat as your protagonist, with a nautical theme and sounds just like this. There is a one-direction joystick game only... And I think this is pretty much developed to be appealing to kids, Japanese kids. Although, you use the joystick in all four cardinal directions to enter your name in a high score table, and you press one player start to enter the letter you are on. People had problems with that, didn't they? Mm. So, on this game, you just use down. That's all you do. So, there is a story to this game. Oof. The hero, Uotoro, is a very gourmet cat. One day, he eats only at a legendary restaurant called Ryugu Castle. I hear the rumours of the dish that I cannot do. However, <laughs> even if you reach Dragon Palace, I cannot eat it. Procure ingredients yourself from the near sea. We have to go. This is great. Go on. I am troubled, Uotaro. However, we cannot control the blood of the gourmet noisy. At last, he stops desperately stopping his young sister, Shoko. Get on a prototype submarine and, brother, Uotaro's. Yoshiko, who was pushed by passion, also became a navigator by himself. I ride in the submarine regardless of danger. Yes. In this way, the deep sea adventure of the two began. Yes. But you know pushed, exactly what's going on now, don't you? Pushed by passion yes. to ride regardless of danger. Absolutely. Don't we all? Yeah. The gameplay. This is from the Upoko website, translated by our friend Googly Bear. This is even better. <laughs> Operation is only one lever. The button is not used. When three or more balls of the same colour are arranged, the ball disappears. Clear the stage and clear all the balls. By using the chain, you can clear the surface efficiently. It is possible to play two people simultaneously. There are 30 stages in all. Just 30, wow. Yeah. The game is pretty much summed up by that gameplay explanation, even it is a Japanese translation. You play a cute cat on the left-hand side of the screen who pulls a kind of toilet chain, which acts as a sort of pinball plunger to launch balls into the play area. The longer you pull the chain, the further the balls will land to the right of the gameplay area. You only pull down on the joystick to do this. A quick pull will land your coloured ball to the very left of the play area. Hold it down as far as it will go, and it will land on the far right of the screen. On the first level, I think the first two levels, you get an indicator to where your pinged balls will land. 
After the first hold your little cat paw level, this goes away and you're left to your feline chain pulling judgment. Mm. So here's a glossary of the coloured balls and other play elements in wonderfully googly translated English. Pink ball. When three or more same colours are arranged, that ball will disappear. Yellow ball. When the next ball disappears, it becomes an ordinary ball. Blue ball. When you turn it off, the floor goes up when rolling. <laughs> Bomb. If you hit it directly, it explodes. I like that one. A pink pulsating ball. Just bumping directly, it will be the same colour. A purple hexagon. It will never disappear. No. Never, Sean. Never. D- didn't like them. A blue square gem. If you hit it directly, it cracks and disappears. Yellow submarine. Hold on a minute. Yeah. Are there any other coloured submarines in anything? No. They're they're all, I think all the British military submarines are bright yellow as well, aren't they? Yeah, that is camouflage. Yeah. For when custard. Going through custard. Yeah, I was going to say that. Submarines <laughs> flying through custard. I don't know yeah. what I'm talking about. I've lost it. When you hit a ball with a laser, it will erase the ball underneath. So you can actually hit the submarine as it goes across the top of the screen slowly. And when you hit it, it smashes a laser through all your balls. Oh, that sounds painful. Not good. So, play tips and secrets. Chain as many balls as you can together for maximum pointage. Yes. If you're about to move the last set of coloured balls on the level and the next one is the same colour, wait until you can chain them all, i.e. drop the ball with a gap to the group and then fill it in with the last of that colour. You now won't get any more of that colour. Yes. So that's the only real play tip there is, really. There is, on level six, which is probably where everyone sort of got to before they got into trouble, there's a load of hexagons and there's one space in the middle to break something. If you don't mm. get the ball exactly in the centre, if it gets to the left or the right, it will sort of plonk and, and fall itself into it and it won't break the balls underneath. You've got to get it right in the centre to break the balls and it gives a massive chain and the level's done. If you mm. mess that up, it can be quite difficult because it's quite near the top of the screen. And as, as the, the balls go up, if it hits the top, you drown your poor old pussycat, and that's how you lose mm. the game. So you've got to get that one right in the centre. That might have messed a few people up. You've got to be quite accurate with that. But I found it quite easily. Did you? I did eventually. I knew where... I just looked at the, where the plunger was on the left side of the screen, and I knew where to let release the lever, you know. Yeah, it was quite simple when you got the hang of using the plunger, basically. Yeah. So the game is sort of like an upside-down puzzle bubble, in a way. Instead of, kind of instead of going left and right and, and aiming your little cannon with the balls, you've got to pull this plunger down. So it's got a plunger mechanic, so you've got to pull it down for a certain amount of time to get it exactly where you want it to be. Mm. And then you've got the different balls to different just like puzzle bubble. It's all upside down puzzle bubble with a pinball element, I suppose. So the graphics and sound, they're very, very cutesy pastels for kids in glorious sixteen bit pixels. Elevator type relaxing music, sickeningly good cute animations telling you how to play the game. And just to use the lever. It's an exception game for kids to play. And we hope a lot of our players and listeners have got their kids on the game as well. Yeah. It's a good little sort of friendly game for kiddies to play, isn't it? Mm. There's no violence in it. You're just chucking balls around to try and get... The idea is to get fish, I think, because there's a cat. Yeah, it could be. So I don't think you actually see a drowned cat at the end. That wouldn't be very nice. Oh, he does sort of kind of float a little bit, doesn't he? And his eyes go like them Japanese crosses, you know. Oh, dear. Yeah. Poor little cat. Poor little pussy cat. Well. <laughs> so, scoring. We've got a lot of listeners putting in scores. Thirty-three players. Yeah, we may have to curtail them to a top ten on the website, you know, because it's sort of using up a lot of the website now. 
Well, we, yeah, we'll still mention them all there, and I'll, I'll oh, put them on the 10 pence high score league chart. Yes. Right, here we go. So from bottom up to top. Mini missile, 72,000. Uh, sorry, mini missile number two. Number two, there's two missiles. Three missiles, yeah. two mini, one maxi. <laughs> Steve Tyke, the centipede champ, 105,000. Mini missile number one, 182,000. Stacey King, 276,000. Rob Player missile, that's Daddy missile, 316,000. Paul Craddy Cradster, 367. Mrs. Tenpence, she had a go, 402,000. She had one go. That's not bad for one go. One go. Paul McCaskey Gayden, 436,000. Trollnads, 477. Mad Steve, 496. Nick, 73, 522. Sal Bugleriassi, uh, sorry about that, 563. Me, 602. Carl Perry, <laughs> Perry, even, 604. Ian Cullen, 608. And he, was, he is colour blind. So, how the flipping, flipping heck did he, he got, do that? He got 400 points less than me, and he's colour blind. Yes. Oh, God. Victor Marland, 609,000. Andrew <gasps> Driver. In your face! Oh, yeah. I haven't done it for enough. ages. Yeah. Oh, yes. You loved that, didn't you? That was so good. <laughs> Andrew Driver, 642. Tin, brother of bronze, grandmother of some rare metal. Mm-hmm. 653. Mrs. Tactical Genius has played, 678,000. And she put a score in after the deadline. Wow. Uh, of 960,000. Well done, Mrs. Tactical Genius. Matthew Bridge, 683,000. Michael Liss. Very nice. Go on. Michael Liss, 692. Ben of Steel, 710. Retro Mash, good score, Retro Mash, 716. Mark the Dude, he is happy, 735. Tactical Genius himself, 785. Ross Ross, 893. Tagster, the cheeky dingo, 966. Good well, we're now in the million airs Meowlians. Club. I think Chris Mooncrest a bit late called it Meowlian. Meowlian. Fegord. Charlie Farr has got 1,106,000. Nick, Silver Smurfer, 1,116,000. Neil, 20 to 5, 1.33. Paul Guy, well played, Paul, 1.36. Peter Kayman, who picked this game, 1.38 million. Oh, he's good. And a massive, massive score by Chris Mooncrested Bootleg. I hope you're feeling better, Chris, after that huge amount of ale. Yes. 2,418,000. What a score. I do believe this is, this is Mooncrested Bootleg's first one of these. He is shaping up to be a very good player. Yeah, I've gone off him a bit. <laughs> He's beating us left, right and centre now. Excellent scores, everyone. Excellent scores. So, yeah. I wonder how many levels he got through to get 2.418 million. He was saying that some levels you have to be perfect. One mistake and you're dead. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've got to be perfect. Well, mm. The cabinet art on this game, uh, there wasn't a cabinet because it was a Japanese game, sort of well into the, the Jammer era. Uh, it's got a lovely kit, though. Kit only. Mm. So, in the kit, you get a lovely little PCB. It's only a tiny little PCB. You get a little poster for the pop, which is the, the marquee area on top of a candy cab. Yeah. You get a little sort of um a little sort of cardboardy cutout thing which you can put on top of a machine as well. There's also a moves list which goes across the, the above your joystick on a candy cab. Yeah. Uh, a little poster which you can put on the wall of your arcade, which looks like a sort of wood grain thing with a little cat with some Japanese writing on it. And also a lovely little cat paw. For your stick. We need to talk about the cat paw. Uh, this yeah. is in the trivia. Cave released plastic cat paws that bolt on over the joystick ball top for maximum kawaii, which is cuteness in Japanese. Oh, 
these came in a variety of colours to match your candy cab sticks and buttons. I've seen green, black, pink and yellow. You can get these on eBay a snip $150 each. Oh, wow. They're really collectible. That's £116 for a plastic cat paw. God. Mr. Cayman Sweden had two on his Capcom queue. He had a pink and a yellow one. I yeah. think he's had the other two before as well, because he gets quite a lot of stuff from Japan. But they're expensive, man. Mm. It's, a, it's a cave thing, isn't it? And cave stuff is expensive. It is. Right, the two-player game on this, I didn't play it, but one player goes on the left, firing into the play area, and one player on the right, firing into the play area. If your balls hit each other, they won't land where you intend to do. They sort of ping against each other. So you've got to be careful and work together on the game. Oh, right. You can't work... I don't think you play against each other like in Tetris or Puzzle Bubble or those other kind of puzzle games. You've got to work together, which is quite fun, especially if it's kids playing together as well. Mm -hmm. Upoko is not, not Spanish for I love you. I was putting it into Translator and it came up with Spanish saying I love you. I thought, wow, that's weird. How cool is that? Stupid Google Translate sucks coloured balls. Yes. I did read that Upoko means literally lots of fish. Makes sense. That makes sense, doesn't it? Mm. Upoko is also on the Pandora's box two, 401 cheapy Chinese PCB. Oh, and here's something. You know what it is. You know what kitten mittons are, don't you? Yes. I've posted a link to a video of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And this clip will light your day in the darkest of moments. You are very welcome. Hello, Charlie Kelly here. Local business owner and cat enthusiast. Is your cat making too much noise all the time? Everyone, go onto YouTube or click on our link on the show notes. Kitten Mittons. Philadelphia is such a great show. So it's, funny. It's an American comedy show, and this is a character called Charlie doing a promotional video for Kitten Mittons. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely hilarious. You are very welcome. Uh, so, ports and sequels, or the legacy of this game. Uh, there is one game called Mushihima Tara, not Mushihima mm. Sama, which is another mm. cave game, another cave shooter. Oh, why couldn't we play that? The, the, no. This is virtually the same game with jazzed up visuals and audio. It's themed on Japanese girlies and bugs from the awesome cave vertical shoot 'em up Mushihimasama Futari. Mm. Now, overall thoughts on this game. Uh, it's almost like an upside down puzzle bubble with many similar game mechanics as a family of puzzle bubbles. Uh, who knows who did what special bubble ball first? There are loads of puzzle bubble clones and ripoffs. It's a pleasant game, but not quite as good as Puzzle Bubble for me. Yeah. Uh, which is probably what fans of this game here all the time. There is a bit of skill getting the balls to land in exactly the right place when you want them to, but this is pretty straightforward to learn. So, to me, it's alright. Pleasant enough game. Mm. I, I wouldn't buy the PCB of it or the kit or even a kit and mitt on to mm. put on it, um, but I'd play it again. It's a nice little game. I know how to play it. It's simple. Nice one for to give little kiddies to play, I think. What say you, Sean? I got bored of it fairly quickly. Just one, I actually mapped, instead of using the joystick, I mapped it to a button because I could do more accurate with a button. I did it on a button as well. Yeah. It's just a one button or a lever game. It would be an okay smartphone game, I suppose. You're or, dead right there. It would. I would yeah. I'd probably get that. I think Charlie Farr said that as well. It would be an okay smartphone game. Well, but... I wonder if it's released on phones because Cave have done quite a few phone games, haven't they? Hmm. 
I, I, I would actually get that if it was cheap to play on the bus or whatever. I played it for the first, say, nine days of our like fourteen-day ah, challenge, that's and then why. I, I've just had enough of it. It's just not for me. Sorry, K man. I only had about ten goes of it because I was busy doing other stuff and getting ready really revival and everything. Really, I didn't played play it, many. Yeah. Didn't play many games, but I did quite like it. I thought it was okay. Not mm. not a terrible game, but not one of my favourites either. I like the graphics. Yeah, the yeah. sound. Quite a lot of humour and character in the graphics. I like that. Oh, I because of your um, slight disregard to the game, I had a, um, a little message from all the listeners. Mm-hmm. It says, heathen, we hate you. Oh. Sorry, that's what they say. I think some will agree with me. Nah. I do like a simple arcade game, you know, like left, right, up, down, fire, but this is too simple. But too simple. There are not many games that have only got one button mm. or, or one position. The only one I can think of is a sort of Mr. Driller follow-up, but it isn't, called Star mm. Trigon. You just yeah. use one button to travel between planets on this. It's not very good. I got rid of it. I did have it, and I got rid of it. Oh, the old Canyon Bomber games. Oh, yeah, you... the Blitz Blitzkrieg games where you just press yeah. a button to drop a bomb. Yeah, they are one button, aren't they? Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be playing this again. It's average at very, very best, I'd say. I presume if you, you've got small children or a small child or you're a big fan of cave games, it's definitely a must for you. Mm. Sky Cursor. This is normally the arcade ports or new retro games. This is a new game and it's a proper arcade game. This is Sky Cursor. We can do the review now, sort of, because you've played it and lots of other people have played it at Revival last weekend. Yes. The game comes in a little box. It's a jammer connector. It's actually sort of, um, I think it's a PC in a box. I've not opened it to have a look at it yet. But it's a Linux. It's a Linux box, basically. It's a Linux machine, yeah. yeah. And it's got a jammer connector on it. You've got to use a jammer machine, 15 kilohertz monitor, eight-way joystick, Three buttons, which is a little bit unusual for a shooter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I suppose so. Yeah, I suppose cave haven't, but... At the moment, it's a single-player game, because I've got the pre-production version of it. When the production version comes out at the very start of June for, for buying, it's got a nicer-looking box, a nice sexy black box now, rather than the white, very plain box I've got. And it's going to have a two-player version and four levels. And I think, I think two levels are planned for later in the year. I don't know. I'm not sure if that's confirmed, right. but that's coming up. But four levels is pretty good. My one has only got three levels. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's horizontal shooter, by the way. Yeah, it's horizontal shooter. Mm. And in the game, you have uh, three buttons. First button is fire, your weapon. Second mm. one is the katana, which is like a huge sword that flies around your, your, your spacecraft. And yeah. the third button is change weapons. You can choose between two different weapons. Um, yes. The first one is a laser button just like normal sort of uh, game where you hold a button and it just fires lasers. And the, Vulcan, s- and the yeah. second one is a shotgun, which yes. is helpful for, for blasting out big lumps of alien... They're not aliens, are they? They're sort of like necro baddies. They're evil-looking mm. things that have been attached to different... Yeah. Close-range combat. Close-range combat, yeah. So the idea of the game, which people didn't quite get at, uh, at Revival because it's a new game and no one really knows about it yet, and I should have perhaps put a, a little cheat sheet of things to do on there. Because when you play the game, 
there's a voice telling you what to do and it says things like change weapons often to get your super meter up so if yeah. you change the, the the game between the the shots between shotgun and your vulcan your super as you kill things on the screen which are very easy to shoot and you get lots of things on the screen your your super goes up when it gets to the top and it says go when you press all three buttons at the same time you get a super come a griffin comes out of you and, and kills most of the things in its way and the screen goes purple and red and that's bonus mode and every time you kill yeah. something junk food flies out of it and on the first level it's burgers and pizzas and fries and what sort and you collect them up and it, it makes your multiplier go crazy it goes up because when you hit something you only get one single point for it whether it's yeah. one of the sort of idiot brigade that comes in hundreds at a time or a boss you get one point so your score mm. doesn't get very big but as you get the multiplier it times it up and you can get over a hundred multipliers so it gets quite big. And the idea is to keep the chain going. So if you keep killing stuff, as the the sort of warp mode is, is, is on, your multiplier keeps going. You can keep going the chain. After a while, I'm not sure how it stops. must be when you, you stop killing things every few seconds. It goes back to normal screen again, and you just get one point for each thing. But then you, mm. you, you build your, your super up again. And the best thing to do is to use it when you've got a really densely populated area of baddies to kill. Yeah, so you got loads of loads of tacos. Yes, lots of tacos on there. Mm. So the first level is just sort of a flying level, isn't it? The uh, is it over like a city kind of thing? Um, that's the second level, is this city. And the yeah. third level is over sea. And the sort of first level, you get like eyeballs and these horrible looking demon things. It's all sort of to do with sort of horror, isn't it? Sort of a doom mm. kind of eyeballs and monsters and bloody things everywhere. And it's just loads of gore. If it's over the top gore, it's, yes. it's ridiculous fun. Yes. So there's that. And your ship is actually quite big and the sprites are quite big. So you've got to sort of maneuver yourself around. And if you use the katana, it protects you. So if you're in a densely populated area of baddies and you can't kill them all off quickly enough, you can use your katana to sort of put a, almost like a shield around yourself, but you've got to keep pressing it. You can't use it as a shield. You sort of, and also, if, if they're firing projectiles at you, if you hit them with a katana, it can fire them back at the alien scum demon monster thingies that are fired at you, and you can kill things with their own weapons, which is quite fun. I, I yeah, don't, that's clever. I've not that's seen clever. many games that do that, where you can bat stuff back at them. Yeah, there's a couple of original things in this game. You get all your bonus you get at the end of the game when you finish, don't you? Yes, it, it times you your you get a, yeah. small score by the multiplier you've got. And it, if you, you don't know what it is until you finish, but you can sort of work out in your head quite quickly, reasonable, what your score is going to be. Yeah, and also the, the inclusion of a shotgun yes. in, a, in a horizontal shoot-em-up. You couldn't hear the sound in Revives, it's too loud. It's such a meaty, fantastic sound. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, when you're a shooting blammo, up. isn't it? It's such a great feeling. But what I was doing, I was keeping the finger on the fire button all the time yeah. and tapping the katana all the time, using yeah. the katana almost as, like, um, as the bullets kind of thing. Yeah, and every few seconds, just tap the third button to change back to the Vulcan. Yeah, so you, your power-up goes up. Yeah, and you get in this sort of rhythm of doing it. I was getting it really well. I was, mm. you know, I'm not, I'm not sort of pressing the wrong button anymore. I've got used to that now. And there is one other thing that I had to ask Phil of, of the, the Griffin Aerotech people who made it. I had to ask him, because when you were playing it around my house, I'd never seen it before, you did something, and a mech guy came and joined you, and he was shooting the same way as you were and sort of helping you out. I was like, where did he come from? 
Yeah. How did you get that up? And we didn't realise how he got it up. But when he comes to help you, you're firing two sort of areas at the same time, like almost like a, a multiple on Gradius. Yeah. But more stylish. Your super goes down as he's helping you, which mm. is a bit of a bummer when you want to use it for the next area with loads of baddies in and to get your multiplier because your multiplier doesn't come up. But I think if you press the, the weapon change, he goes away again. He disappears back off the screen. No, I don't know if he does, you know. I thought he did, but I'm not sure if he I does. I asked Phil about it, and he said if you press 1, 2, and 1 together, like 1, 2, 1, that's how you get him up. Mm. But I, I, I couldn't really confirm that when I was playing it, so I need to sort of do a bit more research how to get him up, because I'm sure he's useful for some levels. Well, well I got him when I was pressing 1, 2 together. Ah, like, maybe it is that. Maybe I mis- misread his email. Mm, but I didn't like that guy, so that's why I kept my finger on the button one yeah. and just pressed the katana Cause, button. Because I like to get the super all the way up and then find a, a certain area in the game, which really reminds me of Death Smiles. That's the way of getting scores in Death Smiles. You wait until something big's coming along, and then you whack all three together. It's a huge mm. thing. It starts this mode off, which you can keep chaining and keep going, and your multipliers just go crazy. And that's the way of getting good scores in this game. That's the, the key to get a good score in this game. It's yeah. like a multiplier game, if you know what I mean. So yeah. level two is a sort of city. It's like a sort of um, you know built-up skyscrapers and stuff, and you get different themed military vehicles and 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 craft that have been taken over by these necro monsters. So that they're sort mm. of like half a monster wrapped around stuff. The graphics are brilliant. I mean, they the sixteen-bit really art impressive. is really nice, isn't it? Really well done. Yeah. When we talk to the Sky Cursor people about it, and we talk to Chris and Phil. Uh, we haven't talked to Brad because he's the actual program. He's, he's always sort of been abs- absent when we spoke to these guys. And I've met the two as well. Chris was really inspired by the old IREM games and the Nazca games with all those really beautiful 16-bit art. Mm. And the Chunky graphics. Yeah. yeah, chunky 16-bit art. I really, really like it. And on, on a nice 29-inch candy cab monitor, it's, it's lovely, isn't it? Mm. And the sounds, as you said, when you can hear them properly in, like, in my garage when we played it, I had to turn it down quite a bit. It's quite loud in there. That it's really meaty sound effects. And if you listen to the game when you're playing, I think it's actually Chris's voice, it comes up and it tells you little hints. The little dog, little dog face, man. And he tells you little hints. So it's mm. quite, if you listen to it, you can actually pick up things. But as we've been playing it, we found new elements in the game. We keep finding little bits. I watched mm. one person play it. I think it was Ian who actually won the T-shirt at Revival. He was playing it. And he was, without getting the, the multiplier mode up, where it goes purple and red, he was getting multiples on the third level, on the sh- on the sort of C level. He was mm. shooting stuff. I don't know how he did it. I'm not sure. I really need an explanation so I can get some really good scores on it. But because it's so new, I'm still finding things out. But it's not like a game that's been out for 10 years that everyone knows the ins and outs of the gameplay mechanics, etc. And we're still finding stuff. I'm really looking forward to the fourth level as well. And I think... The next time you come and see me or I come and see you, we'll be able to play it two-player together. Mm, That'll be a lot yeah. of fun. Because you'll be sort of scrabbling to get the multipliers to go off each other. So it'll be co-op and then sort of against you, trying to grab all these, you know, all the points yeah. and stuff. I think it'll make it a very, very different game. Yeah, yeah. There's The, the, the baddies are worth talking about. There's three baddies. End-of-level bosses, sorry. Mm-hmm. The first one is a big skull with, like, whippy tentacle hands. That's Gacky. Scullington. Scullington, we call him. There's a couple of bits 
in all of the baddies' attacks where you, where you have to know where to be because they move off the screen and on the screen so quick that you cannot dodge them. You got no so you chance. have to know where to. There's a little bit of memory involved. Yeah, and I couldn't quite remember it. <laughs> Once you I get that, kept forgetting where Gaki was coming because he goes off the screen, and at one point he goes and grabs the tank. And he holds yeah. it in his tentacles, and he's shooting the tank at you with the missiles, and you can't bat them away with you. You've you just got to get out of the way of them. And there's another bit where he's got these laser eyes. My laser eyes! And he fires these pink stuff at you, and you can bat it back to him. But the actual laser that comes out of his eye, if you get hit by that, you, you're toast. You can't mm. you get away from that. And when he, come, when he whips his tentacles at you, tentacles, tentacles. Be careful when you say that word. Why? Oh, wow. When he whips his tentacles at you, you have not got time to get out of the way of that. You have to be in the right place at the right time. And then when he comes back on the screen, you've got to be out of his way or he will smash you again and you'll lose and a the, life. Yeah, the two green hands at the end of level two, they turn into fists and, and you've got to... Well, you, actually, you can dodge them because there's an animation before they turn into the fist. You can go up or down to dodge them. Yes, that's Julio and Cesar. Iglesias. Yes. No, named after um, Mexican wrestlers, apparently. Oh yeah, but when they sort of one of them spits pink fire at you, and one of them's got an eyeball in his hand, and he does all mm. this stuff, and he picks up these crates and and uh, vehicles, and he spins around. You got to get out of the way of them, and they they keep coming back. So one will come and beat you up for a bit, and the other one will come back on, and in the end, both of them come together. But when they go into that, there's a brief second where it turns into a fist. If you don't get out of the way of that quickly, it's almost like a one frame animation. He'll be over, punch you in the face. Mm. Or in your spaceship, and you're dead if you're in the way. But you can get out of the way of that if you're quick. And you can sort of see when he's going to do it, or when they're going to do it. So that's level two boss. And level three boss, I can't remember the name of, but he's a big horrible bat thing. Yeah. And on level three, you've got a mid-boss as well, a huge turtle, which is on a big ship. And I've only got to that once, that level, because I've been doing the levels number one, then two, then three. I haven't been jumping. You can jump between level one, two, and three on my yeah. pre-production version and I presume when level 4 comes you can jump to level 4 as well but I'm not sure how they're going to do that but at the moment mm. 1, 2 or 3 and I've not really played number 3 have you played a lot of that level? yeah I can do it but I haven't done it all. I haven't done 1, 2 and 3 all in one game play. I see, one, yeah. one game I've got to the end I think but not quite done it but I really like turtles they're my favourite sort of aquatic <laughs> mammal I don't like shooting a turtle in this He's an evil one, though. Yeah, he's not very nice, is he? He's on this big ship, mm. and he's sort of part of it, and he, he he's the mid-boss, and at the very end, it's like a big rainstorm, like a thunderstorm. You get this horrible bat thing, and he's got a huge anchor, and he throws this anchor at you. Mm. And when you when you get him, he turns into a skeleton. You can see the skeleton through him, like he's been hit by lightning. Really like that. One other question for the Sky Cursor guy. Is at the start of level two... Yes. You can fire your katana really quick. You go down, and there's like a load of... Cars, cars, and stuff. Is it Last Resort that Neo Geo game? Very similar. similar. Yes, yeah. I think so. But you don't get any points from. You can fire your katana really, really quick. Yeah. And then when you get into the gameplay proper, your katana goes slow again. I like. I like the fast. Because the, the there's, first there's bit, some kind of there'll be some kind of trick to score points. I'm not unsure. There. Well, I think there must be because the, the cars and there's a few helicopters, but they're mm-hmm. not infected by the Necro Star. They've not got the baddies attached to them. They're just normal cars, normal helicopters. And I was thinking, if you leave them alone, maybe you get bonus points, but you don't. I'm not sure what relevance they are or whether they're even a red herring. Mm. So I'm not sure. I'll have to, I'll have to talk to them about this again. 
<laughs> so yeah, not, I'm quite interested. Find stuff out. I do. Yeah. I want to. I want to get better in the game. I'm not sure. I'm what, to be told stuff. I'm not sure what the world records are at the moment because because the game's evolving. I don't mm. think they've set on a. I think probably Doc Mac has got it, and he's very very good at it. So I think he's probably the record holder at the minute, or one of the people that goes to the Galloping Ghost. But it's getting quite a lot of um, play now in America, especially in the arcades, because a lot of arcades are, are getting it. Where yeah. there's there's three three versions you can get. You can get the kit only, which I got. Which comes with a move strip, a little poster, and the actual box you plug in. There is a cabinet kit, which is those things, and some side art for a cabinet. Yeah. And also the the full on pro kit is an actual machine. It's it's, mm. it's adapted from an American Dynamo cab. Its own control panel overlay, uh, proper full on side art and marquee art. And it's it's yeah. a beauty, beautiful thing to behold. It's a really nice looking cabinet. I've also seen the the earlier cab they did, which has just got a green sides to it or purple with the white Griffin Aerotech logo on the side of it. But it's the same shaped cabinet. But the full one now has got full on color artwork. It's really nice. They, they all look good. They do look good. Yeah. Oh, well, I've just found on Orcade, right? Yeah. Sky Cursor Revision Four. Four hundred and six thousand. I think that's later than my version. I've got, and then Doc Mac has got three hundred and thirteen. Wow. I got to, I got two eighty four, didn't I? Yeah, but, but is that revision four that we're playing? We don't know. I do don't we? think so. Right. So that is Sky Curse. I'm looking forward to playing the new revision. I really am because I know mine's only got the three levels at the moment, and I'll be getting yep. an update for that soon. Mm. That's up to you, young man. Since you've got my flipping Sky Curse, you can get an update for it. <laughs> so go and see that you're lad and see if you've got a wireless dongle you can plug into it and stuff right Ooh, yeah, you, to do that to sky cursor guys and see if you can give it, help us out with it how do I get it in that yeah um, what you need to do have you got a test switch on your cabinet uh, I don't know Ooh, probably pr- I don't think you have actually right. you need to press the test switch to go into test mode yeah and then you can set up with the joystick and the buttons you can set up the um, whatever your wireless network's called and putting codes and stuff. Right. You look so confused. I'm, I'm all right with the wireless bit. I'm just yeah. thinking of the test button. <laughs> yeah, it's it's on pin 15 on Jammer. I'm not sure if you'll have one even in your cab, because right. you, don't, you don't have to have it wired up in a Jammer cab normally. It's mm. only for games that use the test button. Oh, we'll it's talk about Lord, it later. We'll sort it's it out. It's Vale, isn't it? So it might do. It might have. I don't know. Because mm. there's test and service switch and stuff like that. I know they've got them in some cabs, but I had to add them onto my ponies, because for some reason the Jammer actual pin was missing. I had to rewire one of the cabs because it was missing off there. I don't know why. Right. I don't know. We've got one last thing to do, and that is... Next show's game. And it is my pick. Woohoo! Oh, you know what it is, cause I wrote it down for you early, didn't I? It's Phoenix. The stone-cold classic Phoenix. Oh, yeah. We don't know who the developer is. We've got no idea. An unknown Japanese company. Yeah. The ROM set, you can use any ROM set, really. So there's lots of bootleg versions. They're all exactly the same as far as I know. So mm. use any one you can find. The level settings are three lives as normal, standard. Uh, extra lives at 3,000 and 30,000 only. Yes. Um, there's no difficulty setting. It's just as it is. Do not use the 204K bug. We will know if you have. Cool. Get, get blasting some scabby birds. <laughs> and you can submit your score on Twitter with... Hashtag 10PSCORE. Hashtag 10 score Or on Facebook as a comment on our podcast post. Um, send in your pictures for us if you like. 
and just get in contact with us anywhere you can. Send us an email, personal email, Twitter us, Facebook us, mm. whatever you like. Scabby Phoenix dropping a little letter down through the to the chimney, whatever you like. Do you have a chimney? Yeah. You don't know, do you? I don't. Yeah, we have actually. We don't <laughs> use it. We've got a fire, and I don't think I've ever seen a phoenix on top of it. I hope not. I don't know if I've got a chimney. That's bad, isn't it? Don't think so. Chimney news. Yay! Another news. Chimneys. Oh, I tell you what, we have got to do just before we go because it's my tea time. Mm. is finish off the music quiz. I'm not doing this anymore, it's rubbish. Oh, you're just... I'll do it. You do them for me then, because I really like quizzes. Okay. Right, then, you got the first one, which was Iron Horse. Ding, 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 ding. Great music, yeah. This one is a game we've played before. Have we? Listen to the end of it. Is it Don't Pull? Nope. It's a 90s thing, isn't You've it? You've got an idea. Similar colours. Sean. Sean. Yeah. This yeah. is your conscience speaking. Yeah. It's Mr. Driller, you idiot. Oh, God, Mr. Driller. No, I wouldn't know. Oh, you got it. Mr. Driller, one. well done. Yeah, Mr. Driller. The bloop, 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 with the, bu- the blocks as you break them, you should have got it. I didn't play that one enough. So you've still got two out of five. Yeah. Now, this one is a shooter. It's got two names. Two different names. That noise at the end should give it away a little bit. I know you said it was like Xevious, and you've got a point there. It does sound like Xevious. X-Dexes. Yes. Sa- Savage Bees. Yes. See, it's got two I, names. I only got I actually did that. Though. I'll give you lots of clues there. Right, this one is a game you've played, and it's a shooter you like. Oh, God. It's a follow-up to an old game. Terra Cresta, is it? Yes. Is it? Yes. Right. Still got two out of five. There could be too many. And the last one is an oriental sounding game. Is it Kicker Now? Is it Kicker Now? Well, it wasn't before, but it could be now. No, you're on the, you're on the right lines. Yeah, Kung Fu. Yes. And um, Kicker is supposed to be Yeah, Kung Fu 2. It is, isn't it, kind of? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it does sound similar. A very, very poor two out of five must I try know. harder. I, I, I can recognise some of the tunes, but I just can't picture them with the games. This must be my weird memory. I'm Well, you play games with no sound on. I play games always do, with yeah. sound on. Always, yeah. always, always. 90% of my gaming is with no sound on. Once I'm used to the tunes, some of them you do need the sound for like audio clues, but yes. most of them you don't. Really. I find games incredibly flat without any sound. I listen to other things like while I'm playing. No, no, I need sound. I need to immerse myself in the game. Mm-hmm. Right, anyway, get me five music quizzes, or even ten for next time. I like music quizzes. Ten? I like them. I like, you can do 500 for all I care. I'd do them. I'd do it. I'd, I'd make a 10 hour podcast of me just going, uh, is it Outrun? Uh, <laughs> is it Ridge Racer? Uh, no. Is it Space Invaders? No, I don't know. I'd do that <laughs> for five hours. No problem. I do like a quiz, me. We should say. Farewell now. We're off yes. to have our teas and stuff. My stomach's been rumbling. I've been picking up on the microphones. Mm. This podcast, kids, has taken quite a while to do. We've had because... a few attempts, haven't we? Because I've been ill and we've been at Revival, so it's yes. finally out there. And we're going to be a week late, but we'll reset our weeks, so we're okay. Yeah. So, thanks for listening. Thanks for podcasting with me, Sean. Thanks to everyone who saw us Revival and spoke to us. See you again in two weeks' time. Thanks, Vic, and thanks, little kiddies. Goodbye. Goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, 
and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 